Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for pressing play on another episode of You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. Before we get started today, let's just talk about a couple of the things that we have set up for you guys. Yeah, guys, feel free to send us your trivia, your favorite funny moment, and your MVP from next week's episode over to can'tdisappointpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys and uh, have you stump us on some trivia. For the full Zach and Steven experience, you can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast, and Twitter at You Can't Disappoint for all of the fun shenanigans we get into off pod every week. Wax on, wax off pod. We're really thankful that you guys are listening to us, and I promise to keep whatever that was to a minimum. <laughs> now, I say let's kick off this week's podcast. What do you say, Steven? Uh, blue skidoo, we can too, Zach. Let's dive in. All right. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Glad we did two takes, Zach. You had a lot to work with there. You chloroformed the janitor? Stop yelling at me. You're the ones that got caught. You're the one who's yelling? Here we go. Clap sync. One, two, three. One, two, three. What's the white people clap? Uh, <laughs> one too many. All right, where's Chandler? <laughs> Could I be any more podcasting? <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of You Can't Disappoint, a podcast. We made it, buddy. Look at we us. We did. Here we We're are. Here. Episode two of Who'd season thunk? two. Who'd have thunk? Not me. Two two. That's two twos. How you doing? Count them. Two twos. I'm doing pretty all right. How you? I'm not too bad. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be talking about community with my buddy. Welcome to another week of it. I'm Zach, and if I wasn't actively trying to suppress my bi curiosity, I'd kiss you full on the mouth right now. (laughs) Wow, I'm flattered. Uh, (laughs) I'm Steven, and you know, question for everybody: Did you guys know that Gogurt is just yogurt? That doesn't sound right, you know. Right? I don't believe it. It's on Welcome the Welcome to another week of the show. Shout out, as always, to our proud community papas. I Last week, all I said was, and hello, community dad. I didn't even say what they actually are. <laughs> They're at communities, the great community fan Twitter Avenger leader you know he's so cool if you're not following you you've got to get on board with what they're doing over there at communities on twitter with two s's yeah if you didn't know it's actually samuel l jackson um aka nick fury eye patch and all he's really into community these days big fan really big fan (laughs) come on the show sam (laughs) what have you been up to this week um nothing too much just working and uh watching Lots of anime and reading manga, you know, the huge. What about you? Honestly, the same. Working a lot. Not doing that, but watching (laughs) a lot of television. Uh, It's December now, and we've started right on December 1st this year, my tradition of just watching Christmas episodes of TV all month. Oh, nice. What one have you been watching? That 70s show, and now we're doing South Park. And some of the South Park ones are really funny. There's one of the early ones that's just a bunch of different Christmas songs, and they've been mm-hmm. stuck in my head all day, and they're really funny. <laughs> that's awesome. I haven't seen the South Park Christmas episodes. They're pretty funny. I'll have to watch those. Let me know when you get around to the It's Always Sunny Christmas episode, because that's one oh, of yeah. my favorites. Absolutely. <laughs> Another thing is 
I was propositioned by a friend this week to start another podcast. Oh, really? And I've been like kombucha girl reaction to it all week. I've been like, maybe, no, no, but maybe. Uh, a friend of ours from show choir days in high school mm-hmm. uh, wants to do a Glee podcast. I think I saw some some rumblings about that. Yeah, and that I, would be I the great. <laughs> it seems like they're actually serious about it. Yeah, and I don't know. I I could definitely talk. It's another show about a lovable group of misfits, but one that went in a very different direction. And I think if there's any other show I could talk about for that long, that'd be one of them. Cause it would be one of them. They did a lot of stuff, good and bad. Uh, and they did bad. a lot of stuff. <laughs> and it, it's a show that was like for a second the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. They, th- until this year, the person with the most songs on the Billboard Hot 100 was the Glee cast with like 200 and something that That's spanned crazy. like even through the later seasons that nobody watched and it didn't get beat until Drake did it this year. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. And because, now it's like... something that's like an afterthought, you know? It, it, people don't remember it that way. It's People are just kind of like, oh, yeah, Glee kind of sucked, didn't it? Mm-hmm. But yeah. I remember every week I bought at least one song from the episode on iTunes. There was one every Hence week for a while. why they had so many on the Hot 100. It was like the dawn of iTunes. But anyway, if that's something you think you'd be interested in listening to on a weekly basis, let me know if there's any interest for it, and maybe we'll talk about Glee. You can't dis a will a shoe cast. You said uh, before we recorded, you, he was very secretive that he had a suggestion. I of do something to watch. I and... watched um, an anime. I don't know if you want to call it a miniseries or what, but it was six episodes um, long. It's called FLCL or Fooly Cooly, um, and I've it came out. Yeah, it came out in like two thousand, two thousand one. So it's yeah, like a twenty year old this. anime. Was it and an Adult Swim anime? It it did come out on Adult Swim. That was like one of the first ones that that really kind of got popular in Adult Swim when they were trying to do that at first. Yeah, I kind of remember that. If nothing else, like, so it ended up, like, getting a very, very high eight on my kind of scoring system, which for anime I do art, sound, characters, story, and overall enjoyment, and I kind of average that together. So it ended up with an 8.8 at the end. Okay. But its two highest scoring things were the art and the sound, because, like, the animation's great and all that jazz, but especially for you, Zach, the music... It's all by this band called The Pillows, and okay. I think they're like a Japanese band, but it's like super duper, like early 2000s, like alternative, kind of like almost like garage rock, and the soundtrack is killer. Like I've okay. been banging it all week. It's okay. really good. But I think that you and Lily especially would enjoy watching it. It's super like imaginative and creative, but at the same time, it's like a story about kind of adolescence and growing up and finding your own self and identity and it's it's really cool because they accomplish a lot in a very short amount of time there's also a lot of great uh like just references in general to a lot of like pop culture and stuff that was really big at the time so i rock with it okay i'm color me intrigued okay yeah color me i think you'd like it and it's on hulu watched six episode series that are way worse in the past i'm sure right it's on hulu well i don't i don't have hulu but Arg, matey. <laughs> Even better, because then you can get the dub. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, I'm interested. We'll see. Yeah, it. I'll check it out if I if I check that one out. Um, for anybody who does watch this show that is familiar with anime, it is by the same studio who brought you Neon Genesis Evangelion, um, and the creator Hideki Anno is actually the voice of a cat in that show. So, fun facts. Well, I'm excited for the next couple weeks of our show. 
I am got too. a lot of stuff going on as we get through the holiday season together. It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you got your stockings ready because we're just going to stuff them so full with podcast content every week in December, aren't we, buddy? I hope everyone has their customary Kwanzaa dashikis ready to go. Yes, yeah, so... Next week, we will be back with our coverage of The Psychology of Letting Go. But by the time this comes out, it'll be too late to send us trivia. So throw it in the trash. We don't need it. But (laughs) if you would like to send us something, you can send us in for the following episode, Basic Rocket Science, which should be a good trivia episode. Get us those by December 10th. If you're listening to this as soon as it came out, you got a couple days. So get us in for those. And we've got a Christmas special coming up in a couple weeks. Yeah, we do. Ho, ho, ho. I'm excited. I'm thinking it's going to be very Irving Berlin. It's going to be very classy. Oh, yeah. I plan on wearing a tuxedo and drinking some, I don't know, what's what's more classy, wine or a martini? Yeah. One of each. Uh, I have two hands. It'll be one of those, like, <laughs> I don't know, we'll have some musical numbers. Um, mm-hmm. Liza Minnelli will show up for a oh, while. Oh, I hope so. I want to talk Arrested Development with her, you know, push her down some stairs maybe. We'll talk about some things. I'll get a hold of her. I'll see if she, I don't know, she's still alive? She's still mostly okay <laughs> okay <laughs> but yeah i'm looking forward to that uh i'm thinking it's gonna be a real like you know christmas jammies in front of the fireplace with zach and steven uh it's gonna be real weird so i hope you're excited for it <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a, a real cozy christmas what's another word that starts with c that's like cute you know i think you've said enough yeah <laughs> i'll i'll leave the last c to your imagination for the viewers at home. <laughs> okay, let's get into this week. This week, we're here to talk about the second episode of Season 2 of Community Accounting for Lawyers, which was directed by the incomparable Joe Russo. We like that man. He does a good job behind we the camera. We do. I'm a fan. It was written by Emily Cutler, who previously co-wrote Contemporary American Poultry as her first credit, so that's a good one. It's pretty and solid. And in the future of this season, she writes Asian Population Studies and Competitive Wine Tasting. It originally aired on September 30th, 2010, and that's what we're talking this week, all about the seedy underbelly of Jeff's previous life as a lawyer. Yeah, I actually enjoyed this one a little more than I thought I was going to, going into Okay, it. but before we get into that, let's get into how close of attention we paid to it with some trivia. Oh, boy. I've got four questions for you this week. Okay, I have a lucky number, Trace, so why don't you go first there? And we've got a whole hullabaloo of trivia this week, so <laughs> yeah, let's, we do. let's waste no more time talking about whatever anime Steven watched this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm Stay sure tuned that next there are week a couple of people, at least, that listen to the show and think that that's cool and like hearing what you're listening to. I hope so, because my sister sure doesn't think it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll give you my first one, since I have an extra one. What ran over Shirley's cousin? Ooh, oh my god, I... A shrimp truck. Mm, shrimp cart, more... shrimp boat. There you go. I was going to say, what's boat. more likely to be carrying shrimp? A, a At first truck? I was going to say a hot dog cart, and I was like, that's not right at all. That would have also been probably a, a suable offense. Yeah. Okay. All right, my first question for you. What is the name of the dance team that the study group goes up against in the finals of the Pop Lockathon? They're Poppy Lock Stockings? Yeah, they are. 
That was good. That was good. It's it's a good play on words, but it doesn't quite roll off the tongue for me. Mm-mm. <laughs> I have to think about if it's poppy lop stockings or I don't know. Exactly. I, I had to double check too because I was like, wait, was it? What program does Jeff say wouldn't teach the term consequential? What television program does Jeff say wouldn't teach the term consequential? It wasn't Happy Days. No, it's a program I know that you're fond of. Mm-hmm. I think you've mentioned your affinity of it on this very podcast before. Oh, damn. And now it's... I don't know. I'm that would be on one week. Yo Gabba Gabba. Oh, God damn it! He did mention Yo Gabba Gabba. Oh, I love Yo Gabba Gabba. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned after enough. the show for the Gabcast. <laughs> That's Steven's second podcast that he's workshopping <laughs> starting right now. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. Yo can't gabba gabba gab pass. We don't have to call them all that. <laughs> we can call them other things. It's our brand. They have to know it's us. And they'll know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Um, here's one for you. What was Alan's office number? And not the fake one he told Annie when he was being gross. Damn it. I, I, I knew that it was going to get asked. And they said it, was, it wasn't 69. Mm-hmm. It was floor three, I think, but I do not remember the office number. I'm sorry. Was it in the 400s? It was in the 400s. That's all I got. That's ah, yes. It was floor four. Okay. Room, not room. It's not a hotel. Uh, 470 is okay. the office number. So, you know, it was, a, it was one of those like, oh, did you hear what he said? Yeah. You know. And kind <laughs> of is the answer, as per usual. Yeah. Uh, who does Alan blame Jeff getting fired on? And bonus points if you can give me some details about this person. Uh, well, that was sweet old Thompson who took in those three at-risk kids and, Great. you know, his wife died, maybe. And he but did one other really nice thing. Did he – was it something to do with, like, a soup kitchen or a food drive No, or he donated his kidney to Oh, his temp. kidney to his temp. Yeah, that and was also, nice. And also, you've missed the fact that it wasn't three at-risk kids. They were teenagers. So he's such – a, you know, it's always the teenagers that are sad in the movies and don't get adopted. Well, yeah. He took in the – yeah. What so maybe Thompson's a fool. Is, for being is, such a son of a bitch for getting yeah. Jeff fired. How dare he? A real mistake. All an act. You have one more? I do have one more. Uh, now, this is a toughie. Okay. Because this was not explicitly said out loud. This was kind of a, you know, reading thing. Um, <laughs> name one other team – that was not the Poppy Lock Stockings or the Heather Pop and Locklears. Yeah, name one other can, team from the Pop and Lockathon. I don't know if I can give you another one, but I'll recognize them when you read yeah. them. I'm sorry, folks. That's okay. I, I couldn't even get all three. I only have two of the other teams. Okay. Um, and it was the Papa Don't Locks okay. and the Pop and Locksmiths. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry, friends. My last question for you is, how long in total did Chang pop and lock? Okay, I want to say it was five hours That's total. Very close. Because well, well, here's here's oh total. That's because, very close. Because I know it he in says the very end of the episode. Because uh, I know he's like he's like I've been popping locking for four hours, and no. then like they come later, and he's like on the ground, and he was like I popped and locked by myself yeah. for five hours. More than five. Was it? Yes. Was it six? No. How much was it? Five and a I half? I popped and locked for five and a half hours. God darn. Five you and a sure half. sure did try I a lot of times, though. And that's I all I got for you. Let's <laughs> nice. 
briskly hop, skip, and jump our way over to some written-in questions. I'm going to open it up with a trivia question that was brought to us through Twitter. Our friend Brienne at the Schmoopy, famously the winner of our Troy and Abed in the Morning Care Package. Big time champ champ. She asks, what does Jeff's old boss drop through his hand at the party? And I know this one, but if you know it, you can go with it. It was, it was an olive, wasn't it? It sure was. Yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> Drew Carey, huh? That should tide you over till Christmas. All right, have you got some emails for us, my friend? I do. I have four emails here for us to read. Wow. Yeah. Um, all right, More this... owls made it this week, or did they go with online correspondence? Uh, this time was mostly online. I got one like ransom note, but I don't think that's related to the podcast. Yeah, it's funny. I I got a letter thrown into my house with a brick, but it it wasn't podcast related, so I won't be sharing that one. All right, what we got? Who wrote into us this week? All right, this first one is from Miranda. Hey guys, it's Mira from Twitter. Hello. I haven't quite made it through my journey through season one of the podcast, although I should in a few more days. However, yeah, fair enough. Um, however, I figured I could rewatch this episode and throw out some trivia and my MVP. Awesome. Thanks for writing in, Mira. Um, and thanks for listening to the show, too. Um, I think the funniest moment for me was when Troy took the chloroform away from Annie. Just the look <laughs> on her face and his response was perfect. Honestly, the whole chloroform gag is the best part. Classic. What did Abed bring for the caper is her trivia question. Well, chloroform. Yeah, chloroform. And a credit card. Mm-hmm. Was and there a another suction, thing? suction cup. Okay. Yeah. She's like, uh, we'll use the credit card, and if the credit card doesn't work, the chloroform, the chloroform will. chloroform will. Exactly. Um, what is written on the sticky note on the computer that shows Alan's letter about <laughs> Jeff's credentials? Oh, I don't know this one. Smash Mouth. Smash Mouth? Yep. <laughs> That's fantastic. I don't know if it's a reminder to like look up Smash Mouth or, <laughs> or is it a just like, uh, not being able to be afford worse. a Smash Mouth poster or something. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> just a reminder. Just Smash Mouth. Um <laughs> What was the DJ's name during the Pop and Lockathon? Oh, I don't know this one. I do not know this one either. Oh, well, we'll hopefully remember to to look out for it. We probably won't, but I'll try my best. When have we ever? Yeah, we, very we rarely. Do sometimes. Every we once do in a while. Sometimes, okay? Yeah. We hey, Get hey, off me, guys. hey. Come on, hey, back off. Hey. Oi, I'm just oi, one person. Oi, oi. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um You're right. and she says, and I hate to say it, but I think I've got to give MVP to Chang. Valid. He okay. tried so, so hard, and it's just another perfect break, and he's already deeply unstable personality. You and know, one could say lot. that he tried so hard and got so far, but in the end, <laughs> it didn't really matter. Well, that's poetic, man. Eh. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> did you write that? No, I did not. Moving on. Oh. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, and it sets up a lot of his issues with the study group heading into the next few seasons. Yeah. Looking forward to more episodes. Keep it up, guys. Thanks, Mira. Well, thanks, Mira. Thanks for writing in. Yeah, it's really great that Miranda Cosgrove herself found time to take a break from college and write us in. Because that's why she left iCarly. I imagine she's just been in a in a flux state of college in the eight years since then. Yeah, She goes to the same school as Steve from Blue's Clues there. <laughs> Thought he died. <laughs> anyway. Is he in a band? Thanks, um, Miranda okay. Cosgrove. Tell Thank Steve you. we said hi. Uh, we'll share a spaghetti taco one day. Oh, hell yeah. Um, all right. Next email comes from Danny. She says, hello, Stephen and Zach. Hope y'all are having a lovely day. 
Last week's episode made me laugh so much. You guys are great. Thank you. We know. It's a um, drama, so I'm not really sure why you're laughing at what we're saying. Um, everything we say is 100% to be taken dead seriously. Thank you. Yeah. Grow up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> lo- loved your take on Anthropology 101 and the new 20-second summary game. My favorite moment, this episode was the core Cue Steven scene. just remembering that that's a thing that we do. <laughs> was the chloroform scene, and I guess just all of Donald's reactions. I forgot how many quotable moments he has throughout this episode. Yeah. Here are my questions. What's the name of the place where the office party is held? It's shown in one of the party scenes. Ooh, I don't know that one. I again saw it and took note of it it was named after something silly i think we're gonna have to look at it when it comes up um i'm gonna place final answer that it's the oz fest ball room um <laughs> oz dust ball oz room. oh excuse shit. me sorry i've only ever listened to the cd in my aunt's car yeah i've seen it in indie thrice steven no what whatever the next one up is i've seen it cool qua so I think I know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> nice. I'll, I'll defer to your judgment there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you better. What does Chang's competition number say? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to look for that one. Um, what is Jeff's middle name? It's in the Tobias. email. Sorry if y'all didn't pause to read the email. Tobias. It's Tobias. But I think that's something that it just becomes a thing. Yeah. You know, I think this is the first time they show it, and it's in the email. But I think he's called that a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan said, hey, let's go do some shots with, I kept wanting to say Pete, but I don't think it was Pete. Perry, Vin, Vic. Are you just listing off the cast list of uh, (laughs) Fast and the Furious 14? I don't have friends. I don't have cars. I have family. Sylvester Stallone's in that one. (laughs) Yeah, he is by now. That's interesting. Uh, (laughs) By by now. All he can do nowadays really is sit down, so they kind of have to show him in a car at all times. <laughs> Adrian, I'm coming it to get you. It still looks pretty badass, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the stunt driver's doing some crazy stuff. What's next? Sorry. Um, what does Jeff claim happened to him while doing the puppet? While doing the puppet? He says something about his back, doesn't he? Or no, 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 oh. his ankle. He, he, he twisted I... his ankle. Okay. I think it's that he twisted It took me a second to realize what the puppet was referring to, but okay. <laughs> you don't remember that scene with, with Kermit and the hand? and Were we supposed to watch the puppet episode this week? Was that <laughs> season two? Wait, I thought we were just supposed to watch season two, episode two of The Muppets with Sylvester Stallone. I would also do a Muppet podcast. If oh, you'd rather yeah. do that, the League podcast. I mean... Okay, come on. Okay, big hugs, Danny. Thanks, Danny, for writing in. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Stop laughing at us. Yeah, please. We're adults now. Um, <laughs> our next email is from Communies. What's up? Hi, Papa? kids. This is one of my favorite fun episodes because it just works from start to finish. Matt at Communies. Trivia. Name of Garrett's pop and lock group. Well, Garrett was obviously the star of the poppy long poppings. Whatever. Lock, 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 <laughs> poppy stopping. lock stockings. Yeah. Uh, or what was it was, long stockings? Was it, it just was long stockings? it was lock stop 
Okay. It was it was gob stopping and barrel stocking. <laughs> the the hash slinging, the Nash Nash Greer. Um, okay, what was the office number for Alan? That was four seventy. I know it now. I almost said four oh seven, and I asked the question earlier. <laughs> you f-ing idiot. Um, was oh okay. Now this is this is gonna be one that you can answer probably. Was Troy's it. trip over the janitor planned or on accident? I don't remember them saying. They, I don't think they said anything about it in the commentary because Rob Corridry was in the commentary and they were just like talking, being wise asses the entire time. It was really nice. Funny. Uh, so I don't know, but I would imagine since he's bringing it up that it was probably an unplanned thing that worked really well. Yeah, um, it says answers to Troy's below. The trip was not written in the script, which doesn't surprise me. It's just great Donald Glover adding stuff, you know, but nice. Well, thank you, Papa Christmas. I hope that uh, you tell us the Christmas story in front of the fire soon. Um, and then our our, really our last soon. email is from our good buddy MJ. MJ's trivia round, week nice. fourteen of it. Can you believe that we've been you know doing trivia with our buddy MJ for fourteen weeks now? It seems like it's been years. It does. Really, I feel though. like I I know Stephen. Oh wait, not Stephen. I, I nice to like meet I, you. I feel like I know MJ like I know the back of my back of my right hand. I feel like I know MJ like I know the hole in the back of your right hand. <laughs> hey, Zach. Different and context than the episode, though. Certainly. <laughs> well, uh, you know, because the implications. Um, <laughs> hey, Zach and Steven, enjoyed uh. your podcast last week as per usual. You definitely made me soften up a bit about the season two premiere episode, though let's be real, it's just an appetizer for the five-course meal that is season two. Thank you. I've been told our podcast makes lots of people soften up in all sorts of ways. Um, Very interesting to hear your take on an IMO. Who's told you that? (laughs) You know, the the blogs. We have a pretty aggressive subreddit. Um, (laughs) Uh, here to take on, an, in my opinion, hidden season two gym. Talking about this episode. Sure. Accounting for Lawyers is a very tight and compact episode that, while not on the same level as most of season two was, is a very solid entry in that shades Jeff in just a little bit, shades Jeff in just a little bit more while giving us one of the most iconic scenes in community history. Jeff did some solid character work here, and I think he won the MVP for this week pretty handily, though Troy was this close to getting it for me. Mm. Although I love the cameos by Rob Corddry and Drew Carey, as for the funniest moments, I'm sure everyone and their mother will talk about that scene, so allow me to cast my vote for the classic non-sequitur that Troy dropped after Jeff asked the group if they have any more meaningless conspiracy theories. The earnest, the facial expression, the timing, it's just all chef's kiss perfect in my opinion i wasn't supposed to read chef's kiss um let me tell you though this episode is surprisingly full of moments like that and i can't wait for y'all to talk about it anyway here's my quiz for the week i feel like we're going to be overlapping a lot on this one but i tried my best to make it unique good luck don't give us too much credit um okay this is a good one i'm gonna do my best here slow news day what (laughs) celebrity What celebrity did Chang think Britta was channeling when she uttered that line, and who was Britta actually making an impression of? Chang thought it was Johnny Carson, and but it was Britta actually... was being John Stewart doing an impression of Johnny Carson. Exactly. Um, why and Chang's did... like, this is why I hate you. <laughs> I like that Chang hates Britta. 
Um, why did Shirley take Alan's business card? You asked this one earlier because her cousin got hit by a shrimp boat. Um, as a reward for his firm's restraint, what did Ted drop through his handhole as a party trick? An olive. A green olive, it looked like, from where I was sitting. Um, then where was Alan? Well, you don't drop a black olive through your handhole. Well, that's racist. Of course not. Um, where was Alan's office located? I'm looking for a floor and room number. That would be floor number... Four. And room number... Uh As seen from the email that Alan sent to the State of Bar Association, what is the name of Jeff's former law firm? I didn't catch this. Oh, I did. It was... One of them was Hamlin because it made me think of Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. But the other two i'm not sure it was another last name that started with h and the other two names were the same name but i don't remember what it was oh i don't remember um what was the team number assigned to the heather pop and Lockleers? i don't know that i didn't get a good look at the team numbers i only noticed they had team numbers like at one moment and it was when i saw Niels. but um name at least one other team on the Pop and Locktoberfest, besides the two teams standing, and that would be the uh, so, Papa Don't Lock. Papa Don't Lock, yeah. And the Pop and Locksmiths. Was that the other one that I said? Yeah, that is. Cool. Um, and what three things did Abed say is possible on the other side of the cartoon tunnel he, tunnel he painted? Let's see, hearts are the shape of hearts. Mm-hmm. You float if you smell a pie. Smell pie. There's what was one the other more. one? I don't remember. It was another like mm. cartoony thing. Well, yeah, clearly. Clearly that was the bit. <laughs> I think I don't know. Something tells me it had something, something to do it. with I don't know. Hmm. Cartoons is it an anime thing? I d- <laughs> There are big booby anime girls. Choi, hurry, come quick. Troy would absolutely run into Steven a wall. runs smack into <laughs> the wall as fast as he can. Ooh, 2D women, sign me oh my up. God. Um, that's one less dimension to disappoint. Um Till next week. Hey, but we can't disappoint, right? Well, as long as they're a podcast. Uh, till next week, I think I caught something at Greendale. College girls. I imagine you would. Nice. I imagine you would. MJ. Whoa, I'm getting, I'm getting breaking news here. We've got one last mail correspondence. It turns out that brick thrown through my window was, <laughs> in fact, podcast-related and was, in fact, uh, from the resident mother of half of the podcast that you're listening to right now. We've got correspondence from Stephen Baker's mother everyone. oh no <laughs> loud applause loud applause loud applause it's it's pretty hard on you so i figured maybe i should read it that's fair dear zach and steven i really enjoy listening to your podcast you don't have to lie yeah, especially okay. the occasional shout out as the unofficial mother of said podcast i mean you're definitely the official mother of half of it so, uh, she thought it was time she finally takes her turn at stumping the community aficionados Ooh. I think she meant to send this to Kevin's I was going to say, is this for Dom and Andre? (laughs) Here goes. What are the nicknames used by Jeff and his former co-worker? Oh, it was... One was Tango. The other Um, was... Sundance. Yes. Hey! She said, bonus, what was the DA's nickname for Jeff and Alan? I'm not sure on that half of it. Oh, I don't know that one either. Okay. Uh, I remember him saying it. She included an answer key, so we'll get to it Oh, good. In an early scene, a member of the hat club places a hat on Jeff's head. What two symbols are on the hat? It was like card symbols. I yeah. Think a... I want to say hearts and diamonds. 
I was going to say diamond, so I'll go with you on that. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll see so in a moment. I feel like they were red. Who is Britta trying to imitate with her slow news day comment? And it's uh, John Stewart John doing Stewart. Johnny Carson. <laughs> slow news day. What 1990 film does Abed reference as featuring a relationship comparable to Alan and Jeff's? That was Bad Influence. Mm-hmm. I've never seen this film. I haven't either. I'd never heard of it. But yeah. she also says, bonus, name at least one of the people who starred in the film. Did you catch either of those? I did not. Why, it was Rob Lowe. Oh, yeah. And I've, I'm have i blanking on the other one. But the but person I that was a bad influence it. to Rob Lowe. Say what? But whoever was the bad influence to Rob Lowe. Sure. Or maybe Rob Lowe was the bad influence. Rob Lowe would never. I mean, he kind of... Well, actually, he kind of would, wouldn't he? (laughs) We like to forget, but... Yeah, I I did forget about that one. (laughs) Uh, Also, we've got, what is the name of the study group's pop and lockathon team? They were the Heather Pop and Lockleers. Boop, boop, boop. Sure were. At Jeff's office party, what does Jeff tell Ted he should open if he wants to like his employees? A hair salon. Absolutely. What items did Abed bring to the office party to help steal the incriminating email? Credit card, mm-hmm. chloroform, and a suction cup. Shoop, shoop. Yeah? Yes. And finally, we've got what excuse does Jeff make for leaving the office party? Um, he is caught, it, something, at I caught something at Greendale. Yeah. yeah. We'll check out the answers really quick. It's a document and everything. Oh, wow. Serious biz. Tango and Sundance were the nicknames. Nice. And the DA's nickname that we didn't get was Litterbugs. Oh, okay. I remember that. Uh, The Hat Club, it was a diamond and a club, not a heart. Damn it! We were right with Jon Stewart. We were right with Bad Influence. Oh, now I remember, after seeing the answer, it was Rob Lowe and James Spader. Oh, Heather yeah. Poppin Locklears was right. Hair Salon was right. Chloroform, credit card, suction cup was right. And he says he caught something at Greendale was right. That Not was too a, bad. Yeah, we did well we did there. Trivial count on answers. She closes out with saying, since they graciously contributed to this list, your siblings also wanted to weigh in on their MVP for this moment. Ooh. Or for this episode. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, your brother has said Annie. That's right. And your sister has had... Your sister has said Chang, but her sneak MVP is Troy. Oh, I now my sister's told me before her favorite character is Chang, so I figured she would that's, enjoy that's this. That's really one. interesting. I really dig that. Yeah, your mom says that she's Team Annie, and to chloroform a man that large twice in one episode is the stuff of legends. <laughs> it's also the stuff of like serious criminals. But you know, <laughs> one man's trash is another man's. Serious criminal. <laughs> podcasting Steven's mom. Thank you for Thank that. Thank you. The brick was unnecessary, but the, <laughs> the, the message was thoughtful. It's okay. He'll send me the bill for the glass cleanup. That he... <laughs> now we're going to move right along to America and half of the United Kingdom's favorite segment of You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. Did Steven watch the episode this week? I'm pulling up a timer. It will be set to 20 seconds. And oh, Steven God. is going to fit as much of this episode as he can in that time. Are you ready, yes. my friend? Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to give you a three, two, one. Okay. Get on go, okay? Perfect. Three, two, one, 
Go. Okay, so it's October time in Greendale, and uh, the Germans did some stuff, but they're going to dance. Uh, they're going to do a pop lock, and whoever can pop lock the longest wins uh, Poland. Just kidding, it's iTunes, but Jeff used to be a lawyer, and his lawyer friend's kind of an asshole, but then he's like, I'm going to be cool again with my lawyer friend, and then everybody's like, he's really bad, but he was a narcotics guy because he did coke, and he got Jeff fired, and then everyone finds out about and Jeff knows That's it. Jeff used- Hey, I got further this time. That was better. That was better. I think there was a little fluff. You tried to make a couple jokes within it. Yeah, you didn't like the Germany stuff? Is it not? <laughs> I, I, I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. I will go with this week. I will give that effort a B. Thank you. I think that was deserving of a B. You did pretty well. Thanks. One I week, I'm actually going to be able to talk about the whole episode. One day. If I watch the whole one, I only yeah. got... Yeah. yeah, maybe you should. <laughs> uh, what was your favorite funniest moment this week? For mine, I'm going to skip the chloroform scene because mm-hmm. kind of like MJ mentioned, it's just a little too obvious. And I'm going to go with that shot that zooms into Chang's pupil and as he's crying <laughs> on the pop and lock floor, he's dreaming of the, the study group laughing at his jokes and appreciating his presence and Jeff bowing down like he's not worthy <laughs> to him. Really good stuff. That was great. I am, um, I of course, you know, the chloroform scene is is my is my jam because it's it's my boy Troy and Annie and I, the whole thing is great. Um, and it so, also harkens so back to one of my favorite episodes of the show, Psych. If you've seen, have you seen all of that? I've seen like the first two seasons. Ah, in like the last season or something, there's an episode that was like much better than the rest of the season, and mm-hmm. it it's very funny. Uh, but I am going to give my like honorable mention scene to the actual, the whole like final dance scene, you know, Chang with his last bit of energy kind of carrying it and then Troy coming out and half-heartedly popping and then passing it to Jeff. I really, I really enjoyed that whole, whole little thing there. That was a good way to end this episode. And I Mm -hmm. guess a lot of that episode was written on the spot. They were changing it up as they were doing it and they handed Joel McHale his speech for that episode when they were filming it. Wow. So kudos to the community team for making it happen. Mm-hmm. And what else? Do we have any other segments? Is that it? What else do we do? Um, Is that it? Not until we record for the Patreon later. Yeah, but that's not related to this episode. So <laughs> why are you bringing it up here? <laughs> Let's get into this episode. How did you feel about this episode, Accounting for Lawyers? I really enjoyed it. You know, normally if it's an episode where Jeff's going to be a bit of an asshole, I'm like, ooh. But... I really, really enjoyed this one each time I watched it. Great guest stars, funny stuff. Argue that Jeff's not exactly an asshole to anybody in this episode. I think he's kind of a douche when he starts being lawyery again at the beginning. Not necessarily like he's an asshole to anybody, but he definitely so much goes more back that in the he, beginning. Yeah, it's Jeff. so much more that he's like a frat boy in college who's like a mild mannered dude now, but then he gets back with that group of people and they're they're talking the same way they did when they were. 25 or whatever i don't i don't i don't think he does anything wrong i think it's totally relatable to be back in a situation like that and just put yourself right back in those shoes i see what you're saying <laughs> i think he's kind of an ass at the beginning of it okay well, we'll we'll see we'll see what he really said i thought mm-hmm. it was a good jeff episode and i thought i did like this episode i do think it's kind of a forgotten episode a little bit yeah but i think it's a really important episode because it shades in something about Jeff that we've just heard about so far Mm -hmm. and it really tracks and it makes a lot of sense and it's not exactly the the 
most memorable episode, even though there are quite a few yeah. really funny, memorable bits. But I just think it's a very important episode. I'm surprised there wasn't something like this almost like early on in the series. Yeah, me too. It, I feel like they they very easily could have gone to the lawyer thing like right away because that was yeah. like you know the first thing we learned about him. And like you mentioned, there are definitely a few very memorable guest appearances in this episode yeah. that really stand out. So let's dig into it. I'm ready. Let's dive in. The episode starts out in the cafeteria, and everybody's wearing these green hats, and the study group is kind of discussing that. Uh, they're not sure if the dean's planning something or if there's a, uh, the hat club <laughs> is, is struggling for attention. <laughs> I like how Jeff says, speaking of the Dean, when they were talking about things that are bad, and he just shows up like he always does. And he does quite a classic, uh, you know, trying not to be racist racism thing when he's talking about how they always do an Oktoberfest thing, and lately people haven't been showing up, and he, like, says quietly because of the diversity that nobody's <laughs> interested in that. I think the joke that was about... Um, like German history like yeah a little bit of it goes a long way I thought that was a little weird I thought it was funny because like Annie being Jewish and being like yeah maybe we don't need to go too heavy on the right Germany but it's stuff. not totally Germany's fault like it's Germany's fault but their 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 history is so much broader than that is it well come on <laughs> Because when I think of Germany, I don't necessarily think of, like... They may have let Hitler get into power, but we've made Trump the president. Come yeah, I don't, I don't think very fondly of us either. <laughs> I, I think that from... I laughed. I'll, I'll give it that far. I laughed okay. in the first time I watched the episode. Well, it made me think of... There are some episodes... I don't know if the first one... I think it's season three, with some German characters, including... In the first one, Nick Kroll, mm-hmm. and it's like the foosball team episode. Oh, and yeah. They paint some pretty silly stereotypes yeah. of German people. Uh, so I thought this was kind of a, a precursor for what they're going to do with that. I, got I did you. like how, okay, so the Dean's <laughs> trying to make the thing more hip and cool so more people show up. So he's made this like graffiti style poster for the event, and he's like, I'm going to give this to you, Troy, just because he needs someone like Troy's approval on it. First. Well, and I also love that the Dean is like dressed in lederhosen, but also has a Jesus piece on. I think that sure. is just a fantastic, you know, blend of cultures. He's really being progressive. And as Steven mentioned in his uh, in his whatever you want to call that, he, he uh, mentions the annexing Poland and the iTunes gift card. He pats Jeff and, and leaves. And yeah, so the school is doing a breakdance contest for Oktoberfest, and the winner gets an iTunes gift card. And I think it's a really funny, silly Greendale goings-on to pair with what's going on in the main storyline in this episode. Yeah. I like whenever we cut back to what's going on at the pop and lock. I don't know why it's so hard for me to say. It's really difficult. In the pop and lock contest, I think it's really funny. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I like it. I think that it... It's very easily, like, the beginning of the episode just, like, thrown away, but it's, like, still there the whole time and is Mm -hmm. really funny. And then all of a sudden it's a big part of the end of the episode, and that works really well too. That that's yeah. what brings everything together. It can't I can't help but think about that episode of Always Sunny. Where Same they put here. The bar, Charlie accidentally puts the bar up as a prize in a radio hosted dance marathon. Oh my gosh. It's a really funny episode. Really great. 
Are you in, in high school? I know you were a dance marathon kind of guy. I was a is, dance is, marathon kind of guy. Is the way it's uh, presented on television comparable to what it actually Not is? Not even a little bit. I thought that's what it was going to be. And I was like, oh, we dance till we can't. No, it's just a dance that goes for a long time. How long is a long time? I believe when I was a part of it in high school, now I never did the one in college uh, that like raised a lot of money, but I in high school, the one we did was like from 6 p.m. to like 2 or 3 a.m. or something like that. Okay, that's pretty long. Yeah, it was a long time to have to be there. But there wasn't a prize for whoever's left standing at the end? No, it was like, there were some like door prizes. And like, there was like a, you would do like a basketball tournament that had a prize, but it's not even dancing. I'll always remember in that sunny episode how Rickety Cricket had like a, hydraulic like exoskeleton <laughs> for injuries and the gang like starts sharing it between them to try to help them win and I, there's one line where one of them's like hey snap me off a piece of that exoskeleton <laughs> really quick so i can do this all i can think of in that episode is just the image of charlie day and just dancing eating a brownie full of uh tranquilizers and he's trying to keep dancing and, yeah. and just drool falling to the floor from his face Oh, Let's cool. talk about that instead. Okay, so that opens up with... <laughs> I like the, the line that Jeff and Abed have right before they encounter Alan when Jeff says, is it just me or is this place getting more cartoony every day? Because it totally is. And the fact that Greendale is getting more cartoony meshes so well that Jeff is being pulled back into his old life that's so far the opposite from yeah. what's going on at Greendale. And why his heart might kind of be in Greendale now because it's such a quirky and and warm and welcoming place, even as weird as it is. Well, and and it's funny because this season is when the show gets cartoony at some point, you know, and I, that's this season, right? I would say where so. they do the I, the, but they have the the Christmas episode. Honestly, I think cartoony. It, it's only in moments and in certain episodes. I feel like. We're definitely in the season where they're starting to play around a lot more and not hold so tight on the grips of reality. Like, we're a couple episodes away from the Kentucky Fried Chicken space (laughs) vehicle thing. Yeah. So Jeff and Abed are walking down the cafeteria or the student lounge or whatever, and they see Alan, played by Rob Corridori, of Children's Hospital and honestly countless other things he's one of those guys that just shows up in about everything and is always a pleasant face and always plays a certain type of character really really well yeah uh so alan is someone that jeff used to work with at the law firm before his greendale days and jeff immediately notices him and gets as far away as possible because he doesn't want to have this interaction and jeff in abed totally doesn't pick up what's going on (laughs) Jeff points him out and says that what's it? Jeff says this is all I needed or this is all I need and Abed misconstrues that as wanting to get Alan's attention. I thought this line was kind of weird. Is it like, "Oh, this is the last thing I need?" Yeah, that's uh, he's like, "Oh, this is this is what I need today." Like that. And it's kind of delivered kind of weird. He kind of says it like, "This is all I need." He says it he says it too fast is the thing I feel like yeah. Maybe they could have... So it's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. So I kind of get Abed's misconception. Like, it's not oh, just an okay, Abed your thing. friend's here. Sure. Yeah, he just yells, excuse me, sir, you're all my friends. 
said your mouth is Then he says upward. your mouth isn't curved upwards to <laughs> miss something. But now Jeff is stuck in this. You know, you've totally been in a situation where, like, you run into someone and you didn't really want to have to run into them. But mm-hmm. and you were, maybe even maybe even you saw them and you were trying to avoid yeah. them. But then it happens and you have to and be you're like, like, oh, what's up, hey! dude? Oh, Steven, it's been... Wow! I'm like, what's up, man? Like, how's it been going? Oh, really? Yeah, they bro hug and they, um, I don't know, they exchange, like, why are you a Greendale? Why are you a Greendale? And Jeff opens by lying and saying he's a teacher, but then decides that that's worse than what he actually is, which is a student. And Alan has such this energy when he's explaining why he's there when he's like, oh, you know, I'm here for an NA meeting. And he's like, remember how uh, I said yoga got me through all my stuff? I lied. I lied. And he's still, like, really up about his drug usage that's brought him to NA. I was going to say. He seems like a wild dude. Right? I was going to be like, you know, like, is it is it weird that there's Narcotics Anonymous meetings, like, on this community college campus? But then I was kind of thinking to a local. I don't think so. Yeah. I feel like they would have them at. That's where you have stuff like that. Yeah. That's where, like. I don't know, like maybe in a church, maybe in a like conference building, mm-hmm. or like a community college. Yeah, would absolutely need the money and yeah, yeah, or be willing to use their yeah tracks. I think it makes total sense. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense why we don't see him more often, or why we don't see stuff like that more often. I would totally be down for him have coming back at some point in the show and. You well, know. he comes back a couple times. Later on? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. It's, 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 I forgot about that. <laughs> Steven pretends like he knows this. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That episode, one of my favorites. The one with the lawyers again. He definitely shows up in the season five premiere when it was like Dan Harmon's first episode back and he got like the gang all back together after being split up. I think Jeff was a lawyer again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he might be, I think he's in season three as well. Can, anyway. Can you hear that? No, I have you turned down really low. Okay, cool. What's up? There's like a... Sounds like a, a saw outside? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I can't hear it. I'm sure I'll hear it when I edit it. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. So... It sounds like they're cutting down a tree. <laughs> oh, my God. There aren't any trees. This is Chicago. Starts cutting down your apartment <laughs> building. <laughs> Topples down. <laughs> Boss's orders. I'm recording a podcast. <laughs> Can you stop? They're okay, like, so. oh, we're big fans. I'm sorry. <laughs> Starts putting your. Are you Steven from You Can't Disappoint a Podcast? <laughs> Tell Zach I said hey. <laughs> it's like he can hear you. You're chopping my house down. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Jeff and Alan just go right into this lawyer talk that isn't. There's not a lot to pick apart here. They're just like, man. We were dogs. We did this thing. They tickle each other, which uh, there's this little thread of Alan being kind of homoerotic. And I feel like it's it's very typical of the type of person that they're portraying. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, hey, buddy. Oh, tickle, tickle. (laughs) Oh, let me get you. It's like we went to an all boys school and, you know, we had a little fun. (laughs) Ha ha, unless. So they leave to get a drink, and there's a funny bit about, like, hey, aren't you here for NA? And he's like, well, yeah, I stopped doing blow. I didn't stop being rad. (laughs) And they go off to be 
uh, weird lawyer douchebags together. And it is funny, the, the turn of phrase when Jeff's like, you have no idea what this place has done to me. And Hat Club comes <laughs> up and puts that silly hat on him. He's like, now you kind of get what this place has done to me. And then for the second episode in a row, we get a full theme song sequence. I was so excited. It must be like a thing now. This must be where it started happening. Maybe the show... Because, you know, usually when there's not a theme song, it's because of time. They Mm want to get as much of the episode as they can and not cut any more bits for the theme song amount of time. But I think they must have at some point been like, man, we've really got a winner on our hands. Yeah, we have a really good theme song. We've got to use it all the time. Yeah. Because it's so, I don't know, the best theme songs just absolutely set the mood for the show that you're about to watch Mm -hmm. and prepare you for the headspace and the the vibe that you should be in. And Community does it so well. It's so warm, but the lyrics are also, like, kind of dark and sarcastic. And I don't know. I love it. I think it's one of my favorite theme songs of of all time. I was actually – so I know you you said something earlier about, you know, Community, like, having, like, you know, one of the best theme songs. Like, why is it Community, right? And I was thinking, I was like, you know, like, in terms of, like, especially non-anime shows, because animes take their theme songs very seriously, too, they have, like, you know, all of them usually have, like, a pretty big artist, like, doing them. But the uh, community theme song is pretty top-notch, and I love, like, the little cootie catcher and all that stuff. Like, it's just so iconic. It's easily one of my favorite, like, TV theme songs of all time. So... To open that up a little bit more, what else immediately comes to mind when you think best theme song sequences or even just like the shows that have a little blur with music, like the best theme songs that set you up for the experience you're about to have? Um, I love the Friends theme song and opening. I'm a big fan okay. of that. I like the Office opening uh, okay. quite a the bit. The Office one is pretty good. Um, as much as I don't like the show, love the Big Bang Theory theme song. Okay. Um... Try to think off the top of my head. There are really scrubs. Oh good my ones. god, the scrubs, scrubs one is, is good. When I was into the show, I was a big fan of the Orange Is the New Black theme song. Oh sequence. yeah, it's a little long, but I really but I like, like the song one. to it. Um, and then simple ones, I really really like the opening sequence for Better Call Saul. Oh, um, I'm trying to think as far as theme songs. As far as like a song that tells the story of the show, mm-hmm. I would say look no further. Then the classic theme song to early 2000s masterpiece, Phil of the Future. Hey, he's a 27th century. Meet a boy named Phil and his family on vacation from the 32nd century. century. Or whatever it was. You should go watch Phil of the Future. I don't hate Phil of the Future. It's probably terrible. Have you watched it since you were 12? No, of course not. Sure. Um, Other good theme songs. I like the Charmed theme song quite a bit. That's a jam. I don't know that one. Oh, I am human and I need to be loved just like everybody else. So, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. Uh, I'm a big fan of The Simpsons. Obviously, oh, the yeah. opening sequence to The Simpsons is one of the most recognizable of all time. Uh, there's a lot of good I'm ones. a the, big the, fan of the uh, music in general for Family Guy because they use a live orchestra for each episode. They did. They don't do that anymore. Oh, they don't? That's lame. I don't think so. I don't think they've done it in a long time. Whack. Never mind. I retract my statement. But it's still the same type of music. You know, you can kind of notice nowadays because it's just like the The same same ones. Music fills every time. (laughs) I really like the music. There's not really much of a theme song to it, but all the music in Seinfeld. Yeah. 
Apparently, the bass artist who did all of that would make different blurbs of music for the like stand-up sequences of each episode. Uh-huh. So the rhythm of the bass like complements the rhythm of the jokes that he's telling. That's awesome. So it's not always just the same. But don't, but don't, 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 Anyway, back to the show that the show is about. After the theme song sequence, they're in the study room, or Chang is in the study room, and he's really practicing for this pop and lockathon because it's his opportunity to prove his worth to the study group, which we're just showing in this episode that we're really doubling down on this is going to be about Chang trying to get in yeah. with the cool kids and how just so carelessly the study group is like, Nah, as this broken man is like tearing himself apart to impress these people. I think you said last week that student Chang is your favorite Chang. And especially after this episode, I'm very inclined to agree. Because like I love yeah. Professor Chang, but like student Chang. Student Chang's better. He's definitely better than security guard Chang yeah. turned dictator Chang. Better than He's definitely Kevin. better than Changnesia Chang. And then in seasons five and six, they do some of my favorite stuff with Chang, but I have no idea why he's still there anymore. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I think Student Chang is my favorite. Mm-hmm. He's just really going at it, and he's doing it in front of the whole study group who are looking very unimpressed. It's so it's so rude. He's trying so hard. <laughs> yeah, it, like, Troy is very unimpressed. Annie and Britta are a little disgusted. Pierce is, you know, disgusted, but it probably has more to do with his race than anything else, but... <laughs> Uh, Kim Jong gets a lot of really good physical comedy with the pop and locking in this. I like how he pulls himself back up to standing <laughs> position from the end of his dance to start talking to the study group. He's committed. And they're all kind of like, I don't. He says you need seven people to stand a chance in the contest, and they're all like, we don't need seven people. We have seven people. And this is, I think, a little bit of a messy way to bring up the Jeff and Alan doing stuff together. Yeah. You know how Chang's like, well, obviously everyone on the campus knows that Jeff and Alan are hanging out now. But at least they kind of pull fun at it with the slow news day thing that Britta does. <gasps> oh. And I liked what you mentioned, the rivalry between Chang and Britta <laughs> that really has nothing there's nothing that spurred it and Britta does become the punching bag for the show in general yeah. but from the beginning it's like Chang, Chang hates, hates her from for the no very reason. start <laughs> you depress me <laughs> Ken does some really great work in this episode I can definitely see why people have him up there as his as their MVP for the episode totally. the way he kind of pop and locks out of the room is funny the group discuss Jeff and Alan and how he's kind of douchey and I don't know. They're basically just discussing it. Not a lot going on in this. This is where they talk about the movie Bad Influence. And I like the Jeff Shirley line where uh, Abed's like describing the movie and then Shirley describing Alan says he's a bad influence. And Abed's like, oh, you saw it. <laughs> That's what the movie's about, I imagine. Jeff walks in wearing a suit with Alan, and he walks in literally just to say, like, I don't know, look how cool I am and how cool my friend is, and we're going to go do something other than this. Sorry, yeah. guys. If you're not showing up a study group, you can at least just, like, send a text to someone and be like, hey, Well, that's what I'm saying me. is he didn't have to come there and be like, hey, guys, I'm going to go do cool something cool I am without you guys. Yeah. Sure. Everyone is He's got kind rid of, of down. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. 
some of them are impressed by their vibe, but I think every, everyone a little bit can tell that this guy's phony from the beginning. Yeah. He's immediately, like, uh, telling people about the commercials he's been on and and trying to tell people that he can help them get money in cases. And, and, and Jeff just totally sidekicks off of that and goes into a kind of a side of him we've never really seen, but you can tell – that this is totally what he would have been like as a lawyer when he gives his whole speech about surely if I killed a man as a Christian would you forgive me because you know surely is upset that he's mm-hmm. late and and he just turns it around on her I don't know I guess you're right I don't really like the side of Jeff but again I understand what's making him backslide into this yeah like I definitely see it and, you know like I do like that Jeff is he's wearing a suit jacket you know he's obviously feeling a little bit better about himself again which is a good thing for Jeff, but it'd be nice Not if he that could Jeff feel, has ever felt, felt too bad, bad about himself. Maybe for though. like five seconds when he lived in his car, but even then he was still like, I gotta save my faucets. Yeah. Um, now, Rob Cordry, I think it's like C O R R D R Y. I think it's Cordry. That's a choice. Um, and he, it's not he, really. He does. He does a really good job. Now it's not so much show don't tell because they do kind of tell it for sure later. But from the beginning, he's like really eyeing Annie in like such a like cr- like slimy way. But really good, like you know, character acting from him as per the this usual. episode in general. Like there have been some hints at it before that Annie is the girl that's really attractive mm-hmm. but a little bit too young. So there's kind of the joke of like, oh, are we gonna maybe glance at her every now and then? Are we allowed yeah. to? Is that cool? This episode, not so much in a way that totally put me off because one, Allison Brie is mm-hmm. beautiful and she isn't literally a 19 year old girl that we're watching in this episode even if her character is so it didn't make me feel like too skeevy but maybe that's because i am a little skeevy uh but they definitely piled it on a little bit in this episode they did there's one scene in particular that i'm sure we'll talk about a little bit that oh i'm sure yeah it's not necessarily out of character based on something someone has said before but it, it was a little i don't know and I always kind of feel like with Annie, and I'm glad that they do this, but it yeah. seems like when she's being especially objectified, she's never really showing that much. No. Like, I feel like the cleavage that's shown in this episode is pretty tasteful. And I, I you know what I mean? It's I don't not think a lot. It's not like too much or anything. Yeah. It just, it's like the skeleton costume in the Halloween episode from season one when she's like, when Britt is like, clothed. oh, I hate it when girls dress up like a slut. And she's just wearing like a bodysuit. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Exactly. But we'll we'll get to that. We'll heavily dissect that as we get to it throughout <laughs> this episode. This is a classic moment here, a classic Pierce moment that I love that's memed a lot where <laughs> Pierce like has to show that he can come to bat with these lawyer types and he I love how Pierce says I can reach into a man's soul and unravel it with one tug. <laughs> and Alan's just totally unfazed and it's like cool. Yeah, what you got? And then Pierce <laughs> loses all confidence. Like, uh, you're bald, and the the speed of the of the back and forth from you're bald. So are you? I'll kill you. It's just perfect. It's one of my favorite. I'll Pierce kill you. Yet. It's really good. Jeff and uh, Alan start high fiving over nothing really, and then they decide to leave as the study group is now in shambles. Jeff literally laughs at them as he's leaving. Okay, I'm starting to see more that. Maybe I shouldn't have stood up for him like I did in the opening moments of today's podcast. He's kind of slimy right here. 
And Chevy continues to nail this bit as well. When he's sitting down, like composing himself, he's like, I have hair. And then he just breaks into tears like, I have hair. <laughs> father, I, I have hair. I didn't catch the father. I, I feel like this is another one of those things that I think we talked about last week where it's Chevy saying lines through gritted teeth because you know that probably someone on set brought up his thinning hair and he probably got defensive about it so it got written into the show yep. and now Chevy has to like Do live it. up to his actions kind of and play himself off for jokes. Yeah, my headcanon is that his reactions to these things are 100% genuine. <laughs> Like, they're like, okay, cut. They said cut, and then Rob Corddry was like, you're bald. And then they started filming again. Like, we have to get Chevy out of the room before anyone says anything remotely mean about him. (laughs) Okay, so now we're at uh, what looks to be, like, a fancy steakhouse, and Alan and Jeff are talking about the law firm that, I guess they work for opposite law firms, but... Alan has a connection with Jeff's law firm. Is that what's going on? Okay. I don't totally get that because, because he like both... says to Abed, he's like, we worked with different partners, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Here's what I think. In the law firm, there are multiple partners. There's like Hamlin and Hamlet. And sure. So they Schwartz. were on different partners. So they teams. are same firm, different teams. Okay. Sure. But uh, they're talking about uh, – Alan suggests that Jeff come hang out at a party or like a group gathering that they're having and Jeff isn't really sure about showing his face like naturally. You know, he yeah. got fired pretty embarrassingly from the job. And Alan kind of brings to Jeff's mind and ups his ego by saying like everyone thinks Jeff's kind of a legend for having gotten away with that <laughs> and having been such a good lawyer yeah. without any qualifications. And Alan thinks that if Jeff came to this party with him that he'd be like – the, the hit of the party and that he, that he should really go and jeff obliges yeah we cut back to the study room and everyone's kind of bummed out without jeff there it's kind of like the party's gone and there's a not quite as classic pierce joke when when troy <laughs> says what does alan have that we don't have and it's a butt for jeff's wiener okay <laughs> which is also what makes this so funny is that nobody laughs and pierce is like no no i mean we all have butts too yeah He's like, no, no, it's funny because they're gay. So I guess what I'm trying to say. That is kind of funny. <laughs> Everyone knows. Yeah. Annie doesn't like it. They all don't really like it. Uh, but Annie makes a connection and connects narcotics to Alan, connecting Alan to a narcotics anonymous group that Annie had been in before with her previous struggles before the Greendale days. And I think this is a really thoughtful connecting of stories. I do too. I think this is something that, like, with sitcoms, sometimes what gets us to point from point A to point B is something you just kind of got to go with mm-hmm. because they've only got so much time and they do this every week. How clever can it actually be every time? But this was a good one. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I like this a lot. I don't, you know, I don't know uh, a whole lot about that Dan Harmon guy, but is... is He's really going places, is it, kid. Is this one of those, you know, figure eights that he likes to make with his writing? Yeah, the, the Dan Harmon figure eight of sitcom Laffery. Everyone's very familiar with it. he turned comedy on its side, and so now it's an infinity <laughs> joke. It's a pyramid. The pyramid ah. sitcom scheme. He's a pyramid. The bean system. <laughs> 
Oh, Someone hey, should make a podcast about that. Yeah. Not the bean system, about the, the story paradigm. Someone should do that. Maybe we should do that. I don't think anyone else is doing that. Hey, you want to start a podcast together? <laughs> Not really. Uh, <laughs> he, I don't know. Um, so Annie has put together this connection and isn't really supposed to share the connection because it happened in in A. Do you think this is something that people who are in groups like this really hold up to? Or do you think they go home and tell the people that they're close to, like, this guy just said some crazy stuff? I think that they, they probably... They all have stuff like that that they don't want to get around to everyone, so they probably don't share. I think they I probably... Like there's probably some. Yeah, I'm sure that, like, they probably go home and, like, tell if they have, like, wives or, like... You know, maybe like a really close friend or sponsor or something like that. They may talk to about it. But I also feel like if somebody like saw somebody on the street who they knew from like one of those. Oh, they'd be cool. Yeah, they'd be pretty cool. Yeah, like they totally. wouldn't be like, hey, that guy is a f- cokehead over there. You know, when he's with that his guy's kids. A party. <laughs> that guy's like at Disneyland. His kids like, oh, hey, you're the guy who did heroin and then killed that guy, right? Like, yeah, like, I don't think they'd come up like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like how they set up here that Annie knows something but can't share it. So they do this whole long thing where Annie writes it down for some reason, (laughs) but they're going to do charades, and they build up this whole thing of them guessing, and Abed's like, oh, I'm in with this group, and then Shirley just picks up the notebook and reads (laughs) it. Well, because it seems like Abed was the only one who was excited for that. Like, Troy was annoyed, Pierce was, you know, along for the ride, and Shirley's just kind of like, all right, Annie. (laughs) Why did she write it down? Right? (laughs) I think she knew. It was so the joke could work. Uh, Jeff walks in just as this is happening, and so it's blurted out to him that Alan is the one who narked on Jeff not having his proper certification to be a lawyer and losing his job. And one thing I do really like about Jeff in this episode is how he deals with that information, Mm -hmm. both now when it's not proven and later on when it is. Yeah. He's super chill about it. Super duper. He basically, after saying a really lame line about Frank Zappa, Mm -hmm. uh, says that, you know, you don't really have any proof of that and it's circumstantial, something they don't talk about on Yo Gabba Gabba and that, I don't know, that that I can't really do anything with this. So I'm not going to do anything with it. Exactly. And, you know, he, he says it kind of, uh, like he said, like, you know, about the circumstantial and all that. But I like, I do, like he said, like how Jeff handles this information because he probably on the inside was, like, thinking – oh, shit, like, he is kind of a slimy guy. Maybe that is a possibility. But I think at the same time, he is so excited to be back in this lifestyle, you know, seemingly, or to, like, get a taste of it again, that he doesn't want to entertain anything that will ruin that. Yeah, it's also a little bit asshole-ish of him how his mentality is kind of like, oh, why are you guys so obsessed with me that you're trying to ruin this friend that I have? Yeah. It's not really that he, yeah, he thinks that they're making it up a little bit, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. But it does allow for the hilarious Gogurt line when he dismisses that and he's like, does anyone else have any other conspiracy theories? <laughs> and Troy's like, And I Absolutely. won't buy into it. There's no way that they're the same thing. Gogurt – It's in a tube. It's not portable. Yogurt's not portable, but Gogurt is. Yeah, it's in a tube. Like, And Gogurt you can have frozen or not frozen. You can't do that with listen, boring ass Gogurt sickle on a hot day slaps. Or the classic, like, I've had Gogurt in my lunch bag, like, as the ice pack, and then by the time it's lunchtime, it's a Gogurt again. Classic. Yogurt could f***ing never. No! What's a Yogurt gonna do? Go bad? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, because make it's already made regular. with bad milk or whatever. Thanks, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yogurt is basically just mold in a tube. Gogurt, Gogurt. is gold. Is cool in a tube. and hip <laughs> and has commercials. Danon? I think that's Danimals. Danon? I think Gogurt might. Isn't it made by the same company? Is Gogurt Yoplait? Oh, I don't know. I feel like I could have. Because what was Ooh, the one up. that had the sweet life of Zach and Cody sweepstakes? That was Danimals. That was right? Gogurt. That was Gogurt? No, oh, no, you're right. It was Danimals because it was like the there drinkable There was a swirl. Danimals. Yeah, you just, the little monkey would come on and he'd like squeeze the yogurt cup. So were you a Gogurt kid? I was not a yogurt kid at all growing up, actually. I didn't think that I liked yogurt. Um, but then when I started eating it, I was like, oh, this slaps. Because my Gogurt little brother was Yo a picky play. eater. Ah, oh, you were on it. You know your Gogurt. I, I was a Gogurt teen. I liked when I was a kid the ones that were on commercial that were like drinkable or tubable or like it came with candy to put inside of it mm-hmm. or something. But it wasn't. I feel like it was always a thing in my home that we had like grab and go breakfast because we would I, we would all sleep in to the last yeah. second. Often when I had to go to school early, I was the one who would get up before everybody else. So mm-hmm. I would just have a bowl of cereal or a granola bar or sometimes a yogurt. I like a good yogurt every yeah. now and then. I don't like Greek yogurt. I don't f- with Greek yogurt. And I don't f- with like um, – oh, I don't know what I was going to say already. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I like I like simple yogurt options. You know, I don't need I I like just because then it's like pudding. Oh, I don't. Yeah, basically, I don't <laughs> with Greek yogurt, and I don't with like the whipped yogurt. I oh, just that's like weird, yogurt. isn't it? Yogurt with fruit in it is good. Flavored mm-hmm. yogurt is good. Occasionally, one of the things that's like a little tray of stuff to mix into your yogurt that can yeah. Be fine. Like, I like the ones that like ones. have like the like yeah chobani. That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah I rock with that for sure. Anyway. Makes me feel like I'm like. I don't know, a fit mom. Makes me feel like I'm Jamie Lee Curtis and I'm really trying to get a handle on my fiber. Yeah, I love Jamie Lee Curtis. Let's start a Jamie Lee Curtis podcast. We'd never get her on it. (laughs) No. (laughs) So yeah, Jeff is totally turning around the accusations to like, you guys are obsessed with me, you don't want me happy, you want me to need you. And he totally dismisses the concern of his friends. Uh, But I'm sure at least a little bit in his head, he's probably like, that sounds right. I don't know. Yeah, it, he he like really drags on a lot about it and says like we're not cool and he's a real he really hammers it home way too far considering they were just trying to give him some information that they had. You know, yeah. it's not he, even like they were like Jeff, stop hanging out with him. This they were like, hey Jeff, uh, this guy narked on you, and Jeff just went on that whole thing. Yeah, and he tells them he's not showing up to the pop and lockathon, which is just tragic. So all of a sudden, none of the friends care about it anymore. Yeah. He's going to go hang out at this party with his former law firm. I think the only thing that's really missing from this episode as far as the Alan having narked on him storyline is there's not a lot of reason why other than just wanting to cut out like a top dog. But he still really wants Jeff to be his friend and to like him. I think it would have been a little bit better if there was a more specific reason why Alan did that. Right. Like Alan actually like maybe like if he did get a promotion right after Jeff – got fired or something like that like if if they were both up for the same thing and like they said something, that i think would have something. been nice yeah yeah it's not uh it's not episode ruiner but i do think it would no. deepen the conflict a little bit uh just after he finishes telling them they're not cool and the study group tries to reassure that they are in fact quite cool 
Chang popping locks again into the study room. I think he's so funny. And now he gets a really dejected uh, admission onto the team. <laughs> but he comes in with a threat or uh, with a with the with the quandary. Mm-hmm. If if they win with him on the team, he gets to be in the study group. And everyone just kind of looks at each other and I guess more or less agrees. I don't yeah. know. They don't really fight it. Ovid says, "Oh, now it's really interesting." <laughs> and now we're at the party. I think it's really cool how much of this episode takes place off Greendale's campus. I do. We too. haven't seen a ton of it. Uh, it, like I've said before, it really shades in Jeff's backstory, and it's just nice to like let these characters loose in another area for a little bit. It's not something we see that often. Yeah, we don't get to see them out around, you know semi-functioning adults they're they're normally at greendale where yeah you know for the most part there's a lot of different folk there now we get a just phenomenal small but mighty guest appearance from drew carey in this episode drew carey looks great in this episode too oh yeah this was 10 years ago and i can proudly toot that i've seen drew carey perform improv comedy uh, I saw that last year with him and a couple of the other Whose Line Is It Anyway guys. Oh, nice. Did you like that? Yeah, it was fun, but it was like – it felt like it was over as soon as it got started. And really? I could have watched a lot more of it. I really I, like Whose Line I Is It Anyway. I didn't grow up watching it, but what I've seen of it I think is really, really funny, and I like all the people that are on it. Whose Line is just a really – like there's nothing to it, mm-hmm. and it's just one of those really, for me – Instead of putting on some old school sitcoms, if I want something just to make me laugh and not think about anything for a while, Whose Line's an absolute go-to because it's yeah. just silly. It really uh, is. It, but yeah, he looks great, and he still does look good. He's starting yeah. to look older, but he's still just as skinny. Is he and still hosting uh, Price He still is right? does The Price is Right. I think I would totally be – I'm totally misquoting the story wrong, but I think there was a death close to him recently Mm. i think there's a chance it could have been a suicide and i think there's a chance it could have been like his girlfriend i don't know if any of that is true but i think it was something like kind of up like that so i think he stepped away for a while Mm -hmm. but i think they're back to it now in a smaller version of the studio that's like covid friendly oh wow wow that being said i know that doing game shows is a really like full schedule because you, you, mm-hmm. you do it it's all like the time every day, yeah. it'd be nice if we saw drew carey show up and stuff like this more often because i think he's pretty funny i think so too did you ever watch the drew carey show i did not ever watch the drew carey show. i didn't really either but i often hear people talk really fondly about it as being mm-hmm. like a kind of uh irreverent comedy of its time that yeah. might be worth checking out at some point i, I guess think so it seems like something we'd enjoy they did episodes of that show that they improvised Wow. So there would be, like, during the episode, while they filmed it in front of a studio audience, the cast members would get to, like, tag each other, and that would mean you have to throw away the last line you said and come up with something funnier. And that's I think that's awesome. really cool. I think that's a cool, like, playing around with the That's a really cool way to do the show. Kind of like how 30 Rock did with their live episodes. Yeah. But anyway, the speech that he gives as Ted is really funny, and he... Obviously, so much of what's funny about his character and his demeanor is that he's got this huge hole in one of his hands. <laughs> and I really love the energy that Drew Carey brings to this character because he's so certain of himself in everything he says and everything he does. So when he brings up his hand with the gaping hole, <laughs> he does it with authority. And when he drops yeah. an olive through it, he does it with authority. And you that respect the hell out move. of the guy. Yeah. 
he, I love his speech. He's like, and I love that none of you guys are looking at this and no one's staring at it and no one's making a big deal out of it. It really means a lot to me. <laughs> and, you know, in a lot of shows, this type of joke would be like, well, of course everyone's noticing the big asshole in his hand, but the people aren't really. They respect the guy. No, They're he's just... like, you know, you may talk about it a little bit behind my back, but that's okay. Everyone does. Yeah, like, I think but... later someone's like, did you see the hand? <laughs> And yeah, he drops one of his olives through his handhole for uh, a res- <laughs> for everyone showing good restraint. He he'll throw him a bone. I do wonder a little bit how they did this. Yeah, it looks really real, doesn't it? It looks like, like the, he the drops whole, it straight the through olive his hand. Drop. Yeah, maybe he drops it behind his hand. I don't know. I, however they did it, it looks really good. It looks really cool. Good job, community. Mm-hmm. He's like, there. That ought to keep you going until Christmas. Everybody have fun tonight. Goodbye. Everybody. I don't, everyone's like, wow, that was nice. <laughs> That's me. That's my five. That's my time. I'm out. And Jeff basically says what I said that he takes something like that, the hole in his hand, and he controls the room with it. Yeah. Yeah. Only Drew Carey. Only Drew Carey. Alan kind of brings up now his thing for this episode. He wants to be made a partner under Ted, and Jeff is someone that he thinks still has a lot of sway with him and could maybe mm-hmm. point the things in his direction. And he wants Jeff to talk to him in his benefit. And what a douchey thing to do to the guy that you got fired. That you got fired, yeah. And and here's the thing that, like, shows that Jeff, like, is not a bad person. You know, I I don't think you ever really think Jeff's a bad person. He just does some pretty douchey things. But Jeff, like, for a friend that he hasn't seen in forever and that, you know... He was super willing, you know, before he even had the information, like, confirmed that Alan did anything to him. He, he like, is so ready like, to help sure, him. I'll do that for you. He's like, absolutely. I'll and then talk he to still does it, us. even when he knows that it's probably yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah, so I good think on Jeff, that's like, why you know. I can't totally say that Jeff's an asshole in this episode. Because yeah. they do such a good job of showing how he can fit right back into the douchey lawyer aesthetic. But... His year at Greendale has changed him a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. And he's opened up to people a little bit. And this episode, we'll get to it in a, in a few minutes when the gang shows up at this party. Yeah. But it has echoes of when the gang showed up one by one to the faculty party in season yeah, one. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. <laughs> but things have changed since then. Mm-hmm. It's The stakes are higher because it's Jeff's old, old job. And the gang is still like kind of screwy and messes (laughs) things up for jeff and jeff still is like you guys are lame i'm annoyed with you can you just leave but it's different now you can tell he's really different these people and And in the end he sides with them yeah obviously and we'll talk about more when we get there but he says a couple of things that are like very different in tone than the way he talks to them when they showed up at the faculty party right here jeff is calling out alan because he definitely called jeff here with an ulterior motive he wasn't just inviting jeff back he wanted him to do this and i like that jeff's reaction to that is man that's great i miss this place i miss people <laughs> only asking people to do stuff with them for a reason yeah it makes I think sense. It's funny and alan's like when he's reacting jeff says did you do this on purpose and alan like alan's face changes like when the grinch smiles yeah <laughs> and it's kind of scary looking a little bit now the gang does arrive, and boy, do they all look fly as hell. Right? Britta and Annie look beautiful. Troy and Abed look so dapper. And, and I, Shirley's dress is really, really nice. They all look beautiful. Mm-hmm. They all look so pretty. You can tell that different from season one, now they're like, okay, well, if we're going to 
bombard Jeff at this thing, we can at least try to adapt ourselves to it. And I like that. Was it Britta who says, "Oh, it's like a whole sea of wingers. There's a hundred of them." (laughs) He can. He. She can smell it, and and Pierce is willing to admit that that was him and (laughs) apologize for it. I like the look that Britta gives Abed after Pierce makes a smelly joke, and Abed's like, "No, no, that wasn't it." This bit here where Pierce says, oh, now you guys are new to being fancy, but stick with me and you'll do fine. And he knocks all the glasses over. I guess Chevy had a problem with this scene because he had done something similar to it in a movie before. Oh, really? So he made them, like, change the bit until it was different enough from what he did in the movie. Wow. You know, he he wouldn't want his works to to blend together ever. You know, he really wants to make sure that... Each of his passion projects yeah. has their own unique He's a multifaceted stamp. talent. Yeah. I think there's – a. it was Joe Russo in the commentary who said something like, there's nothing like working on a comedy show and the 70-year-old man you have hired yelling, hack! <laughs> Moving on. Pierce <laughs> rakes over all of them. It's a funny moment, and he still like just puts it back down. He doesn't even take the glass he was there for. It gets everyone's attention. Jeff walks up, and he chastises them. Like, first, why are you here? Second, I don't care. Leave. And it turns out, by a turn of events, that the group was actually invited because Annie's been flirting with Alan, and it, it's clear that Annie is really uncomfortable with it. You can see in her face that she's like, yep. Yeah, I did this to help you out. <laughs> Jeff asks them what they're planning here, and Shirley says really kindly that what they're there for is to apologize to him for thinking wrongly of his friend and to pose that they're like there to give it a chance and to see what it's all about and who this guy's actually like. But of course they've got ulterior motives and they're planning on exposing the man. <laughs> And Jeff gets called away by Ted and leaves the group and basically is just like, be normal, don't do anything weird, and he goes to talk with Ted. Which he really should have known better than to leave them unattended at something like this. They're all on a mission to get Alan's office number, and they're going to look through his emails and find the, the, the email that did it all. They don't have to work hard, though, because Annie got it out of him and... She only had to sell herself out a little bit, I guess. Yeah, she looks so disgusted that she even had to, like, go talk to him for that long. I would like to say that uh, – and I still agree with what I said that I think they flaunt Allison Brie a little bit too much in this episode. Mm-hmm. But I think Allison's comedic timing is the best on display it's been in this episode. Yeah. And for an episode that's kind of a low-stakes affair, even though it is kind of big in the world of, like, Jeff's career a little bit, I think it's really pretty funny – and it lets all the study group members get to be, like, to, to wreck havoc on something different from what they typically wreck havoc on. And, and it allows for some really funny moments for a lot of the characters. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's really cool to just see them outside of, like, a Greendale party for a minute or, like, outside of, like, a Greendale classroom. Yeah. Now we're to Jeff and Ted having a chat. And there's not a lot to pull apart in some of these conversations because it's not quite joke, 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 yeah. joke. Uh, but it, it is a really nice and well-acted scene, and first, okay, Alan comes over. I think Alan's totally annoying in this episode, but of course he's supposed to be, and yeah. Rob Corddry plays the character that he's supposed to play very well. I'll say I like 
Allen a lot more than I like when Todd Packer is on The Office. Oh yeah, I never liked Todd Packer. Me at all. neither. Because at and least it's kind of Alan like by... is kind of funny sometimes. At least more so than Todd Packer. They made a lot of jokes. Uh, Rob Cordry was on the audio commentary, mm-hmm. and they made a lot of jokes with him about like, oh, we tried to get this guy and this guy, and like this guy started <laughs> it but couldn't do it. And I think a couple of them might have been real. They made it sound like one of the people they asked was David Keckner, who plays who Todd plays. Packer, mm-hmm. and that would have probably fit too. It, yeah. It, Rob Corddry does kind of have similar but different energy. Yeah. I feel like this is like the less – this is the not Scranton, Pennsylvania version of – Dave Keckner has this like woohoo cowboy kind of vibe going mm-hmm. on that he doesn't always use like when he's playing Todd Packer, but that's always kind of there. And it's yeah. a little much for me usually when he shows up and things. But anyway. That's a fair statement. Alan, who has literally asked Jeff to talk to Ted about him, sees them talking and comes up and he's like, hey, this is about me, though. Come on, guys. I'm a part of this. Uh, stop stealing my date. This guy's with me. Ha, ha, ha. And he, he's, he keeps touching Jeff and he does that <laughs> weird thing where he kind of bites on his cheek. And yeah, that's weird. What is it weird. about Jeff Winger that just brings out like the homoerotic tendencies that people are fighting? <sighs> you know, they and must I have say that wins. when I very much know right? the answer to the question. <laughs> It's Joe f***ing McHale. Come like, on. We, we all saw him doing those upside down. We all saw Spider-Man 2. Oh, no. I like Spider-Man 2. Ted is excited to announce to everyone that Jeff's there. He's kind of the life of the party. It's cool that he gets this, that like even though he did something really bad that should have been found out about, he totally lied to become a lawyer. He has the respect of these people, and I'm sure it's got a... I'm sure he's been thinking about what went wrong with this job a lot, and it's got a... I don't know, make him feel a little bit better. Yeah, because I'm sure he probably felt like everybody looked down on him. It's like a laughingstock, sure. Mm-hmm. Shirley thinks to mention to Pierce that, should we mention to anyone that we're not going to make it back for the Pop and Logicon? <laughs> and Pierce is like, you think anybody gives a shit about that? And then we get our first beautiful cut to Chang showing up at the Pop and Lockathon, checking in for the Heather Pop and Locklears. And he's the only one there yet. But he he's he, he assures that they'll be there and he's allowed to start by himself. And the Dean has this great like the Dean doesn't get much in this episode, but his little bits are nice. The Dean gets his like, Well, there's no way you're gonna win with just one person, but you're welcome to start and, <laughs> and Chang takes his number and just goes and he's gonna do it by himself. This Chang subplot in this episode is my favorite Chang episode yet. I and inclined to agree. I'm thinking if there's anything I liked better than this, but I think especially when it comes to like a like as much as I liked him and the the Maybe salsa he dancing, but had some good lines and that episode and a few other gave him some interesting stuff to do. But this is just the best Chang plot so far. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. Yeah, I I agree with you. But now we're getting to one of the best scenes in community <laughs> history. And on the commentary, they brought up that like a lot of this was really heavily debated by Dan and the team on whether they should do this, whether they should include certain things. And boy, am I glad that they did because there's so much to unwrap here. Yeah. Annie, Troy, and Abed are sneaking into Alan's office. And it's the first time we've seen these three characters pair up. And like I said before, this episode really lets Allison be so funny and right on par with Choi and Abed as as a part of that team. And and this is something they go back to a lot in the future. I think this is kind of a turning moment for Annie's character and the types of ways that they use her. I think so, because I love the 
Annie, Abed, and Troy, like, trio. Yeah. There isn't a whole lot that they do that I can think of that didn't work for me. Just kind of running through my head, like, I, I, I really enjoy the combination of them. I love, you know, how funny they can all be and how they play off of each other. So good. So they sneak into the office, or they're attempting to. This is when Abed explains all the things that he brought for capers. Have you ever had to break in? Have you ever tried to get into a locked door? Yeah. Do you have any interesting anecdotes that you'd like to share? I don't have any fun stories. Like, I've locked myself out of places before. Um, I've definitely had to break into my own home in the past various ways, whether it was when I was break younger. In? Yeah. Did you break a window to no. get in the house? No, no. Did you break, like, a lock to get in the house? No. There's just, you know, ways to get in that aren't necessarily the intended way. Okay. Like, I've definitely had to, you know, Jimmy open my, like, uh, like outside window of my place okay. and then crawl in through in it In Chicago before. or in... No, this was... Home. And I lived in uh, Muncie. Okay. We definitely had to break into our place a couple times because we got locked out. Um, or even, like, my place back when I was younger, like, if I, like, forgot my key or something, I would have to, like, jump this, like, back patio fence thing and then like get in the like sliding door so that was a whole thing too (laughs) i had a thing okay so the apartment that lily and i used to live in was for people who wouldn't know like a house split into four apartments really thin walls really thin ceilings um and our landlord was really good landlord but quite a stickler and we had a cat that we weren't supposed to have that we kept hidden and there was a time where uh, Lily and I had both locked our keys in the apartment and we were also hiding the cat from my mother at the time just because of uh, I don't know not wanting to have to hear about it I guess <laughs> so my fir- our first thing was to freak out uh, Lily tried with like a hairpin she tried with nice. a credit card we tried for a long time and it just wasn't happening our next thing was we tried to get a hold of friends that we knew that worked with locksmiths to see if they could just come do it and we bartered with them of like what we would give them if they if they would come get that's us fantastic in. and before that came through my mom came and she was going through every key that she's ever owned trying to find the spare key that she had which we never got to huh. and the whole time she's like is there a sound from inside the apartment? It sounds like something's scratching or something. So we're trying to go through all these keys, trying yeah. to get into the apartment. We're trying to hide stuff. And then my landlord shows up. <laughs> and she's oh, like, no. hey, what are you guys doing? And we're like, uh, trying to get into the apartment and find the key. And so she pulls out the key. And I'm just thinking like, okay, this is it. It's over. Yeah. Uh, what am I going to say when she opens the door and there's the cat there to my landlord and to my mom? And we're so that's all happening and she's like down the stairs we're up the stairs and my mom's down the stairs at this time and they're talking about something uh-huh. and my mom is very much a talker so she was very unknowingly keeping my landlord distracted <laughs> nicely done and i was able to go to my landlord and be like i'm sorry we just really want to get in and get to our keys is it okay if i take your key and go do it really quick so she nice. handed us the key we were able to get in get our key get out and nobody found out about anything that's clutch, but also that was probably a very, like, heart-pounding moment. That was a long-winded, short version of the story that lasted for – we were probably out there for a Well, and hours. I, like, just knowing your mom, I'm sure she, like, kept asking you about the, like, noise, like, Zach, what? Yeah. What is that? You're like, don't worry about it. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Anyway, back into the episode. Now that we've gone through the way we can relate, let's really tear apart the scene that's so classic. Um, Abed's brought chloroform, and I don't know. I don't need to know how he got it. It just seems like that's like a pretty has, big bottle too. I don't yeah, know what just size seems like they are. Abed come can in, get but... whatever he needs. It's literally like he's Snoopy, like we've talked about before. Yeah. Like he like if he needs an entire wedding party, he can put it together. If he needs a bottle of chloroform for their caper, he can get it. I was absolutely singing that song for an entire week. <laughs> oh, me too. Me and Lily both were just going in the house. She's such a fool for him. And all that hired an Irish singer. singer. Yeah, what a what a bop. <laughs> so now um, they're 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 putting Annie to watch out. There's a weird line about. Uh, Troy and Abed being Kanye and Kumar that I'm not really crazy about. Yeah, I get what he's saying there. Like, because, you know, he's but like, he's if like, they walk up and see out, us. Because like, if you get caught, it's going to be fine. If we get caught, yeah. they're going to be like, who are these minorities that are breaking into this place? Yeah, I think – I don't think that Kanye and Kumar, Kumar was ad-libbed by Donald Glover. I'll say that much. Oh, yeah. I don't either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And this is a, a shot that uh, where Annie moves and delivers her lines in a way to talk about how, like, I'm an adult. I'm not going to be used as a distraction as she's being somewhat distracting as certain parts of her being are on display and on the move. And I guess this was a shot that was, like, hard to get. I guess throughout the entire shoot for this episode, they were, like, experimenting with, like, different bras and different <laughs> to see what she like to get the best jiggle yeah and they had these really funny bits on the commentary where joel was like i have never seen the camera crew be less in a hurry to get on to the next thing <laughs> or, or like they all had this gif on their phone and they were just showing it to everyone that's hilarious i think it's funny i bet that yeah. type of stuff totally happens for people that oh totally movies and tv and the shot of her, like, making a case for herself and then Troy and Abed are very clearly looking at something else. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, and it's one of the first things that I can't think of a Abed is a sexual explanation for. Yeah, I think um, he's definitely copping a look. And it feels a little bit out of character, but he's doing it. Well, and, and that's looking. the thing is I was saying, like, is that out of character? Because I feel like this wouldn't be the first time that he's made some sort of reference about Annie being attractive or something like that i think the john ham thing the mad ben scene was definitely him playing a part but he absolutely would have kept going with it to continue the part i think Aved okay. thinks annie's attractive from what i've okay. from what i've seen from the show now i okay. do i think that Aved is is gunning for her no no but i think Aved's like i, I get it and allison's <laughs> reaction when she finds out what they're doing and the way she folds her arms and pulls away is kind of wholesome and cute yeah it is and she's like you guys are disgusting like stepbrother what are you doing in here what are you doing step bro mom and dad aren't home <laughs> oh <laughs> and then she's like okay fine go do whatever you guys are disgusting i hope it sucks and <laughs> better like what did she say i don't know all i heard was suck <laughs> Really funny line. Fair enough. Even if this is the moment where I'm like, it feels like now that we're in season two, they know that the fans are super attracted to Allison Brie. Yeah. And that there were moments from the first season that were gifable. And it feels like they're feeding into it a little bit, which I don't love to see out of this show. But it, it led to some pretty funny moments. Yeah. So I, I can give it a slide. Exactly. For a second, we go back to Ted and Jeff talking. Um, kind of the dialogue in these scenes are a little bit clunky. 
Mm-hmm. You can just tell that I don't know. The community is a show about a guy that used to be a lawyer, but it's not a lawyer show, and no. it's not written as a lawyer show, and it's not written by people who are equipped to write lawyer shows. Yeah, this is not so Boston legal, so like, but no, it, they don't these, need to try and have that kind of banter. But here in a second, there's a bit that I think is really well written. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, here Ted is saying Alan sucks. He's a good lawyer. I don't know if I should really make him partner, and. He says, you know what, Jeff, if you can, like, honestly tell me that he's a good guy and I should do it, I'll do it. Because he knows that Jeff won't be able to do that. Because yeah. nobody likes Alan. He's a twerp. Jeff's speech here, I think, is one of Jeff's finest moments so far. Yeah. When he, for the first time, we hear about how he loves his mom and his parents got divorced. And over the messiness of that, the thing that he took away the most was the calm, cool, and collected nature of the divorced lawyers. Mm-hmm. And I think a little kid in such an impressionable time, or however old Jeff would have been, being inspired by that and driven to become a lawyer, and why he would maybe then fake it when it didn't happen the way he thought it was going to yeah. happen, makes a lot of sense. And the way that Jeff delivers it here, it's kind of like with these people that are the same type of smarmy that he is, he's able for a second with Ted to peel back a couple of the layers and say something that's actually pretty honest and, like, telling. Yeah, I think it might even be, you know, like, he... These are all people that lie all the time, right? So he probably feels like he can be more honest with them because he's just being, you know, more genuine to himself and he's being straight to it. And that works with these people, whereas if he said that kind of thing to the study group, they'd try and unpack it, and they'd be like, oh, Jeff, well, let's talk about your mom, you know. Except in this situation, you know, Ted's able to be like, yeah, you're right, lawyers are bad. (laughs) (laughs) And basically what Jeff then goes on to say is that with Alan, does it matter if people like him or not? He wins cases, and if he's going to be good for you, he should be a partner. Jeff has that line about, if you want to like your employees, uh, open a hair salon. I think that's a pretty funny line. Yeah. And Ted is just really uh, like proud of Jeff. It's clear that all these people look up to Jeff. It's a little weird that that his having been disbarred for why he was disbarred isn't more of a topic thing. of conversation in this episode. Yeah. But it is kind of a tricky thing to do. I can see why they would have had trouble knowing exactly what to do when delving into Jeff's past. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they did about as good of a job as they possibly could have done with it. Well, yeah, and they paint a really episode. good picture of what life was like for him before And how it would be different if he were to go back now. Well, and I think it also, you know, maybe not justifies the very beginning Jeff, but it definitely explains why mm-hmm. Jeff thought about himself the way that he, you know, did, especially then. Because he was kind of hot shit. Yeah, he was the, like, everybody there loves him. Like, he was a great, you know, slimy DA. And here, Ted offers him a job as a consultant, and Jeff is now going to have to make one of those big sitcom decisions of, do I go take this job that's what my character has literally wanted from the first second, or Mm -hmm. do I stay with the friends that I've made? He's taken away from this proposition because he notices that Britta is getting into something and wants to go check on her, which is immediately a really smart way, yeah, to tell (laughs) this poll that he has, that... I don't know, just a couple weeks ago, Jeff wasn't willing to take a class with all of them because they'd be friends no matter what, and all of a sudden, he might not be able to take this job that would put him on the track that his character is here for because he's got to go take care of his people. I don't know. And I like that. 
So this is a really funny interaction when he walks up to Britta and Britta's like, you know this guy, Philip. Did you know if I have sex with him one time a month, I can use his beach house whenever I want. I think we all need a Philip. Yeah. That would be great. Where are you at, Phil? Sign me up, Philip. I like beach houses. He's a little weird looking, but... Yeah, I think I have that tie. (laughs) And that's a sign of an attractive man. Yeah. So now all one by one, the study group are starting to pour back in other than Troy and Abed and Britta who are doing their own thing. Uh, you know, Britta's going to this dude. Shirley wants to sue the stripper <laughs> that her husband <laughs> cheated on her with, which Jeff's lying about. Don't sue a stripper. She's a stripper, which I don't know if I totally agree with the she the like sh- her having a bad life or whatever no we don't shave sex Jeff workers has. in 2020 but definitely like they're not the type of person that you should be going and chasing after with no the i think maybe sue not. your husband not the stripper yeah <laughs> she she did nothing but you know pierce walks in and says do you know there's an island in indonesia where you can hunt other humans which absolutely is the first thing that would come up when pierce is having a conversation with a lawyer like so and- uh Hunting people for sport. I hear that there's a <laughs> – and I guess that line, they said – they kind of talked some shit about Chevy on the on the commentary. They said that it took like six minutes to get him to say the right thing for that line. That oh it took like God. a really long time for him to get that. Yikes. Hack. Hack. Boo. Jeff shows up and says we need to talk. Do you think – is he planning on talking about the job that he's probably going to take and leave Greendale? Is that what's happening? I think probably he's going to be like, listen, y'all, this is what I'm doing. Now we're back in Alan's office, and Abed and Troy have found the email. I have up the Mm -hmm. shot of it right now. You see the smash mouth post-it note. And the law firm was Hamish, Hamish, and Hamlin. Mm -hmm. So I I was right. I just didn't remember the Hamish. There's not a lot of jokes in the email. It's pretty much exactly what you would think the email would say. Yeah. They start printing it to get their proof. And now we're finally here, the <laughs> moment we've all been waiting for. Uh, the unluckiest janitor in the entire world walks in on the situation and says, who are you guys? This is not your office. Quickest of fun facts, apparently this guy who plays the janitor mm-hmm. was the star of a reality show on Fox that only lasted one season that sounds awesome. What was it called? I for, It was like my big fat fake fiance or something like that. And it was like the guy and the girl who like both had families or something had to pretend that they were getting married in 12 days and convince all of their families that they were leaving everything and getting together and if they could make it last until the wedding they both got like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars that's but there was like a twist where the janitor guy who was in it he was a actor and the girl was like a real person Mm -hmm. it sounds like really trashy that sounds like vaguely familiar i don't know if i ever watched that but i definitely remember that being a thing it reminds me of there's another reality show from that era that I always wanted to watch but never have gotten to called the Joe Schmo Show. I was just about to say you're talking about the the Joe Schmo Show, and it's like a bachelor type show where it's a regular dude and all the women are actors. Yeah, and, and he he's has the no only idea person that doesn't know it's fake. It's some like precursor to Nathan for You type stuff. Yeah, we're a whopping hour and fifty minutes into this podcast with some of this to go through yet. So let's see what's <laughs> happening here. I love love Troy's. I can explain. And the janitor's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm down to listen. And he just keeps his hand stretched out. Let, Let me, me explain. explain. No one's keeping it from it. And then the unexpected run-in of Annie 
with a rag and chloroform attacking the man <laughs> he does a really good job selling it he yeah he does because she's so small out <laughs> on the ground and allison brie nails it just like the dude does too what a funny oh my god unexpected moment of course you know they were like we have chloroform you think it'll probably get used yeah but the way that it happens is very unexpected and it has it's such a shock moment that's very funny well and, and you know it's not better so upset yeah you know it's good because abed is very clearly like instead of like normally he'd be like oh this is interesting let me watch how this unfolds he's like oh shit (laughs) this is not good form was just supposed to be a prop yeah anyone was actually gonna get hurt (laughs) and then this cuts to or this leads to just the amazing moment of them all freaking out over the situation you could literally just quote everything all of them say. It's all so funny, especially Donald Glover giving his <laughs> most classic freak out to date. He's just jumping all around. I love the way he holds his hands up and prances over the body. And I guess Dan Harmon, this thing he does here, Troy puts like both of his hands out by his waist and starts like shaking. Yeah. I guess Dan thought that that was really like too silly and like a step too far into like broad. Yeah. But the Russos and other people were like, nah, that's hilarious. No, that's gold. We got to keep that in. Yeah. And it's super funny. It's so <laughs> funny. And then Abed comes up with the idea. He's like, it sounds a little weird, but trust me. And then it cuts to them all on the floor them pretending to have been chloroformed (laughs) until the other guy wakes up why would they not just take the email and leave the first time listen i don't know but i love that like annie's like laying like a murder victim troy looks like you know one of andy's toys that and abed's just laying straight (laughs) out the board (laughs) the guy wakes up and they all like mimic him and continue to do the same and they're all like oh what happened we all just got chloroformed at the same time. Mm. I think I'm getting a robocall. I'm going to answer this call live on the air. Oh, here we go. Hello? Hello, this is a confirmation call from PayPal. New credit card has been charged for a purchase of an amount of $799. Press 1 to confirm or press 2 to cancel. Well, that seems like the type of thing I should cancel, so I'm press two. Here we go. Oh, good. Okay, guys, you heard it here first. Hello. You're welcome to PayPal. This is Joseph. How may I help you? You're live on the air right now. I'm live on the air. That was Joseph, guys. Give him a big round big, of applause. Big, big fan of the show, Joseph. Thank you so we much. We surprised him. trying to get on for a week. <laughs> we, uh, uh, we set that whole thing up. We charged Zach's card for some crazy stuff. We knew he he was working a day. We were hoping we'd get him on air. I spend $790 on <laughs> We just he made said, Joseph's day. He said, I'm live on the air. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, Joseph. Say hi to your kids for us. Uh, okay. Okay. So they're all pretending like they got chloroformed at the same time. And I like how they even say out loud, like, somebody chloroformed all of us, and now we're all regaining consciousness together. (laughs) And then the guy's like, well, who's that girl? I didn't see her. (laughs) So everyone for a second is like, okay, what are we going to do in this situation? And then Andy chloroforms him again. (laughs) And not only is it just such a funny comedy of errors, it also totally tracks that Annie's done some f***ed up shit in her life. Oh, yeah. And she might chloroform a dude, and she might be, like, a little unhinged. She's a little nuts sometimes. Yeah. 
and we love her for it. Little Annie Adderall. They all sit around in what they've done for a second, and then Annie's like, okay, that was the worst thing that ever happened. Let's just leave. <laughs> and then the fake tripping over the guy that Troy does that wasn't it's planned. so good. And he plays off it so well, and I love how as he leaves, he's like, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Cut back to the pop and lockathon, and now we're just to the point where this episode, kind of like how the first episode did, is just really starting to ramp up, and all of yeah. the things they've been setting up are leading to a perfect last couple minutes Chang is just painfully popping and locking, and Ken Jong sells the movement so well, and we pan directly into his pupil, where we see the dream of Ben Chang is to be the head of the study group. While everyone laughs and appreciates him, he gets to sit in Jeff's spot, and Jeff is to the side of him, bowing down to him. I, they mentioned on the commentary, even, they were like, I love that this is what this guy dreams about. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, this is the most thing he has to worry about. He's like, I'm giving this my all. My body hurts. My body hurts. That was me after uh, learning the dance days at show choir, or really any show choir practice. Listen, we were we were busting a move out there, Zach. <laughs> we were real Heather popping Locklears. Yeah, we sure. were. Not like these posers. <laughs> the single tear that runs down his face is just so gold. So now we're back at the party, and it's the Seeger Tower. I knew it was something like that. It was like Bob Seeger, like named after the, the dude. asshole rock star. Yeah. Um, they're all coming out, and the group is like, "What? Are you just jealous that we we fit in with your cool friends?" And basically, he calls them all out on their behavior. He says to Britta, "Britta, you're not a whore," which doesn't roll off the tongue great uh shirley says shirley jeff says jesus turned the other cheek he didn't garnish wages and pierce it is bad to hunt man for sport and (laughs) what i do like here about what jeff is saying is that he's you know as much as he's saying it in a very like rude tone like why are you guys acting this way he's saying like you know you guys are better than this you're better than these people yeah like yeah don't do that (laughs) yeah all of a sudden, Troy, Ovid, and Annie rush up with the email that Alan sent the Bar Association. And Jeff now sees that it's true. Uh, he was stabbed in the back by Alan. Alan's a bad friend to him. And Jeff uh, knows this and says that they're right. And the group all feels better about that. But Jeff also says that Alan's a good lawyer and that he appreciates the group. But he doesn't really care that Alan did that. Like, of course he cares, mm-hmm. but it's not like him to to care about stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, he's like, not going to get his feelings hurt and go cry because yeah. his friend betrayed him. Yeah. And he says, if you guys really care about me, don't make me care about stuff and go win the pop and lockathon. It's a little bit like, it's really a good moment in Jeff's yeah. path because he's not completely without guard but you see that it is coming down some. I, but they're not letting him go too far too fast. No. He's not all of a sudden Ebenezer Scrooge on Christmas morning. Yeah. He, <laughs> I think it works really well that he still kind of puts them down, but like with a warm smile. Yeah, and he's like, okay, now go in the Papathon thing because like I know yeah. you guys want to do that. Like you shouldn't be here trying to look out for me. Like I'm fine here. <laughs> the group still feels bad about it. They're like, it's like we're losing him. 
Shirley's like, what are we supposed to do? And Annie just almost instinctually now starts getting another chloroform rag ready. And Troy's delivery of like, would you stop? This is really funny. Yeah, she's like so ready to just, now that she's begun, she's going to take everybody out. After the commercial break, now Jeff and Alan are talking. Jeff now knowing this information that Alan was the one that sold him out. And he had been offered the partnership. You know, if he wasn't holding back his by curiosity, he'd French... Jeff right there. And Jeff still feels good about it, mm-hmm. even though now Alan is taking this as an opportunity to clear himself of the crime and blame it on this guy, Thompson, who is just a really nice guy without his wife. And Alan's just this asshole who yeah. can't commit to anything that totally f***ed over his friend and then used him to get what he wanted. And Jeff is seeing through this that that's not really him anymore. Yeah. Maybe it is to an extent, but he just, like, doesn't have the patience for it and doesn't have the patience to fight it and just kind of wants to get away from it and go back to his friends. Totally. And it's really nice, really careful character work that they're doing super tremendously. All in act. That Thompson. What a poser. Joel's delivery of the lines when he's like, well, his wife died. And then Alan's, <laughs> did she, Jeff? Did she is really, really <laughs> funny. Jeff congrats him honestly with a smile. Uh, Alan invites him to do shots with, with what was Phil. the name? Did you see the name? With Phil. Mm-hmm. But Jeff says, you know, I caught something at Greendale, which is a little cheesy, but I'll allow it. Yeah. He says, I think I'm going to go back there. Alan, of course, thinks he's talking about like all the college chicks that he's banging. Ha-ha, <laughs> tickle time. Again. Somebody needs a tickle. But Jeff's just ready to leave this behind. And... I really like that. Yeah. It's a really nice moment for the character. Cut back to the pop and lockathon. <laughs> Starburns looks like he's about to drop. Cheng looks like he's in pain, but he's still going really hard. Team seven. Really killing up the moves. The Dean is such a stickler of a judge. He's like, Ben, you gotta you change, gotta up, change your up your moves. <laughs> and all of a sudden the study group minus Jeff shows up and they're deceived. Uh, or no, the Dean says, Are my eyes deceiving me? All of a sudden the team's still there and Chang can drop and have a new life. Mm-hmm. It seems a little bit unfair to let all of these people join so late in the game, but they said he sure start does, by himself. Right? <laughs> you know, it's like a tag in, tag out kind of thing, I guess. Exactly. So now Troy takes the reins and is giving, you know, some half hearted but still, you know, nice dance moves. Yeah, they're not really as into it without Jeff being there, but he's trying. He he definitely has the talent. Garrett's yeah. really trying in the Garrett is for giving sure. it his all. <laughs> Frida says, Let's quit. Who cares about this anyway? As Chang's like a crumble of a man that's left (laughs) then jeff shows up so everyone's excited to do it again and i love obviously i'm spoiling what we're about to get to that this new team comes in with all these other people that are really tired and all of a sudden there's seven or six or whatever (laughs) more people who can dance without having done it at all all day with all of that energy and they still lose and chang still doesn't get to the study group (laughs) it's so good Jeff's here, and Joel talked a lot on the commentary about how he is not a dancer, and it definitely shows in the shots of him dancing that you can tell that they choosily picked which shots they used Yeah, didn't make him do a whole lot of stuff that was asking for too much. He said that he was really nervous and embarrassed about it, which I think is wholesome. Right, but it comes out looking pretty good, and it looks exactly like Jeff would look dancing, you know? And also the way that he confidently delivers his winger speech here as he's doing these moves is a really nice touch for me. I like that it's not just the 
winger getting in front of the group every time to say what he's going to say, that they always give a little spin on it that's clever and funny. Rem- and I like the thing that he does where he, ta- he likes <laughs> grabs something off of his face, takes it back, and throws it forward. Yeah. It and reminds me of one of my favorite in tags where he walks in on Troy and Abed like crumping or something, and then he like joins them. This makes me yeah. think of that a lot. It's him dancing and, and giving in to the group's kind of like silly behavior, but he yeah. does it so you know earnestly and genuinely. He does, and he's willing all of a sudden to be goofy and to look stupid in front of everybody because it's Greendale and he can be yeah. comfortable with that kind of thing here. And he even says some silly stuff like, I want to hang out with cool people, people who are so cool that they care, and the group goes wild. It's a nice moment that feels really earned, and it's such a great way to bring the pop and lock to the head of the story and the end of the story. I think it looks great. But uh, Jeff, through this, gets them all disqualified. The winner is Garrett's group, and (laughs) Chang's five-and-a-half-hour struggle was for nothing. He crumbles and yells in front of everyone, making a big deal about how long he's been doing it. Yeah, he says for five hours. It only says five hours? Uh Uh-huh. Well, that's the... Sometimes these captions... Can you hear it if I turn the volume up? Probably. Sometimes these captions leave out filler words. Can you hear it? I cannot. Oh, he just says five hours. My trivia question was incorrect. Collusion! Stop the count. Stop Stop the the count. count. But keep, but unless counting. I'm winning, unless yeah. I'm winning, I won this trivia by a landslide. It's a landslide. clear to every, everyone saying everyone, that I won the trivia. Everyone, all the news outlets, all the fans, all the emails are saying that I won. I can't read them all here because there's just laptop. too many. Stephen Baker's laptop. Check the laptop. <laughs> anyway. They all don't give a single shit about (laughs) Chang or that they lost. And it's this really nice, like, something that they return to a lot where the group is having a really nice family bonding moment. But often they're really alienating to anyone who's not a part of them. Sometimes when it's someone like Chang who's ridiculous. But sometimes when it's just the other students at the school that they're just worried about themselves and they're... (laughs) they're the main characters of the show but if you actually think about if this group of people were on a campus they'd be the bullies yeah like click they're assholes i think it's really funny well and annie's even like you know we're not we're because we have each other like we're we're set (laughs) and (laughs) when chang says well can i just be a part of the study group troy says so coldly well we lost and the deal was you could only do it if we won so Bye. Bye. <laughs> and then they're right back into hugging up on each other and talking about how great they are. And Chang's just losing it inside, laughing maniacally. Mm-hmm. And Jeff mentions rolling his ankle during the puppet. That was the answer to that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe this is the end of this episode. I love that the joke here <laughs> that ends the episode, on one that's had a little bit of like sentimental stuff, Yeah, the joke is that... He, the Chang is thr- like thrashing around on the ground laughing <laughs> evilly and the Dean's like you know what he's bringing this down can we move him can someone move him and then that's the end of the episode I think it's a really funny joke to end with and it cuts into one of my favorite end tags so far do you like this end tag? I do like this one quite a bit it's really funny also really nice job with the cartoon tunnel and Abed yeah. that they did I mean, we talk a lot about how good communities like set department is but that's really well done yet another sign of it yeah Something that we didn't mention is that they set this up earlier in the episode. 
Yeah. Where uh, when Jeff says, is it just me or things getting cartoony more and more mm-hmm. every day? And Ovid's like, yeah, I'm thinking about drawing a, a tunnel and trying to run through it when the paint dries. Yeah. So we're seeing here that it appears as though he's successfully done that. And now he's inside this cartoon tunnel. And he starts calling to Troy. And he tells them all of these things about, like, <laughs> I'm a cartoon. I'm in a world of magic. Nothing's impossible. What were all the things? Animals, Animals talk. talk. Your heart is shaped like a heart, and you can. And the smell of pie can make you float. You have to believe, Troy. You have to believe. <laughs> and he's really ready to run head on, and Abed stands up from behind the trash can and is like, wait, you don't have to believe. And Troy's dejected, heartbroken. I, I didn't. didn't. I didn't. I didn't. It's really funny. Joe Russo mentioned on the commentary that there was an alternate take of this where he actually did a run into the wall take. That would have been funny to see. But I think I like this better. His I didn't. I do too. Because, you know, Abed probably didn't think that he was actually going to, you know. Like, he's like, okay, this will be a funny bit. But he's like, oh, shoot. I may have done some damage there. (laughs) A good second episode of the season. Honestly, talking it through... I didn't like it quite as much as I did when we were just watching it mm. because there are a few like dry spell moments yeah. without as many jokes and where the plot line doesn't move too quickly. But there are a couple of hilarious things. Most of the stuff with the pop and lockathon is super funny. The chloroform scene, of course, is phenomenal. Uh, what do you think of it overall now that we've talked it through? I enjoyed the episode. I think that this one has a lot of really funny scenes in it but it also like you said has some of those drier spells which i didn't mind when i was watching it um they're just they're not really funny but i appreciate it because most of those conversations involved either drew carey or rob cordry and so i enjoyed seeing them in the show so it didn't really bug me too much uh i don't think it brings down the episode a whole lot and this episode kind of tells a different type of story than the show usually does in a different kind of way so it doesn't really bother me that much either it just takes small points off yeah what do you say this episode versus last week? I like. Uh, do you still last like this better. one better? No, I like last. You like last week's better. Week's better? Mm-hmm. Right before we started recording, I think I would have said I already placed on my ranking that I liked this episode more than last week's episode. Yeah. But now that we've talked about it, I might have to rethink it. Yeah, uh, it's a good one, and both episodes have been great. Neither of them are at the top compared to some of the best season one episodes, but they're in the upper third. Oh, for sure. So now that we're we're done looking through it, who this week did you go with for your MVP? Um, so I kind of it's funny, each time I watched the episode I had a different MVP. And so I was gonna let those three kind of sit with me while I watched it through a, a, the last time we were going through it. And I originally was like Annie. Then I was okay. like Chang, and then I was like, you know, Troy is my favorite part of this episode. He's the funniest. But going through it, I'm gonna give my MVP to Annie because I think that her performance throughout was i mean just she's really funny so funny i think that she plays a good role in it i think that her just physical acting in it and comedy was hilarious as well um super close between her and troy for me on this one but i'm gonna go with annie they hadn't let her be this funny yet so i I see why you give her the edge this is one of those weeks where to quote dom from our special that we did with them which you guys should check out Mm -hmm. if you haven't listened to yet i hate to give an answer that ends in jeff but I feel like this is one of those episodes where this is Jeff's show, and his character does a lot. He's an asshole. He also learns from his mistakes in a way that's really believable. He has some really funny lines, and Joel does a great job like he always does. I feel like it's a little bit unfair to give it to one of the sideline characters, even if they did make me laugh a lot. Mm-hmm. If I was going to give it to one of those, I would give it to Chang. Yeah. But I feel like I can't because he's still such a small part of the episode. I got to give it to Jeff. I think he, our, our boy did as well this week. Yeah, I think Jeff had a good episode. 
And that wraps it up for this week. Overall, a really positive episode. It was fun to revisit it. Yeah, it was. This is one of those episodes that I don't think to go back and watch unless I'm doing a rewatch of the show. So it was a pleasant one to revisit. There was some stuff that I that was like I just watched it yesterday, and there was some stuff that was like I was watching it for the first time again. So that was nice. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about getting to go through the show like we have is there are some things that I can remember so well and like would quote mm-hmm. so much. But there's some stuff that, like, is going to be in the same episode as those scenes that I like just as much, if not more. And I think it's really – it's been fun going through it again. Totally. So to wrap things up over here, uh, next week we will be back with our coverage of The Psychology of Letting Go. And if you're listening to this and if you haven't sent in your trivia and stuff yet, it's unfortunately too late. But if it's before December 10th, go ahead and send us for basic rocket science. And if it's after December 10th, you can send us in for – I think the one after that is – the Abed Jesus episode, uh, Messianic Myths in Ancient People. Yeah. So if it's before the 10th, send us in your basic rocket science. If it's afterwards, send us in your Abed Jesus questions. And we're looking forward to hang out with you guys through the holiday season. You can send us in all that stuff to can't disappoint podcast at gmail.com. Steven, do you have any uh, last things that you'd like to say while you have the talking stick? Um, yes, while I have this talking stick, um, lovely decorations, by the way. Uh, thanks, Fair everybody. Warning. <laughs> It's my penis. Hey, yo! <laughs> I thought the glitter was, was hiding something. That's, yeah. that's what it was. Um, there's a lot of glitter. Uh, but <laughs> uh, thanks, everybody, for watching. Um, hope nope. that you all had a, had a good time. Uh, we're happy that you've <laughs> tagged along with us, whether you're new Always. to season two or you've been with us since the beginning. Um, thank you for letting us try not to disappoint you. And I'm sorry if we did. <laughs> we'll punish ourselves because we broke the rule i'm into that thank you guys for listening it's always great to have you guys as always from inside the dreamatorium black lives matter i'm zach i'm steven and i didn't think of a punny thing to close the show with this week you got anything you got anything uh, we didn't have a sponsor this week who, who sponsored this week's episode steven? oh well obviously we want to thank our sponsors both gogurt and danimals yogurt um i don't know if they still make danimals but they, they if do. they do sponsor us We'll eat it. Wait, we'll do they, even do like a whole thing. We want them to sponsor us, or they did sponsor us. A little bit of both. I kind of, you know, add, <laughs> add, ask for forgiveness middle. rather than permission. I already spent the money, so you know, I'm manifesting it this week. Also, a shout out to Jamie Lee Curtis and Sam Jackson, big fans of the show. Come on, you know, that same Jamie time. Lee Curtis podcast hosted by Steven and Sam Jackson will be dropping any day. So be yeah, ready. it's pretty pretty graphic. Um, but it's it's tasteful. All right. Well, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a little weird. I wouldn't have it any other way. Thanks for hanging <laughs> out with us here. We will see you next week. Thanks, guys. Make good choices. Bye. Or don't. <laughs> Send lawyers, guns, and money. This shit has hit the fan. Guns and money Send lawyers guns and money Send lawyers guns and money money.